Hello, and welcome to the bottom of the internet. This is another Dead Pixel, the podcast for people who hate podcasts. I am your host. My name is Nick. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, a man who has never been abducted by aliens, but has abducted aliens. It's Joe. Joe, how are you doing today? Doing all right. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, they get, they get to probing you, but the, the goal is you got to probe them first. I mean, how else are we going to get the technology for the cell phones and all that stuff? What's your favorite spot to probe on an alien? Well, it depends on the type, man. I mean, you got your little green, you know, little green ones, you know, attack on Mars, but then you got the gray ones with the big black eyes. So it really, it really does depend. I mean, uh, so I guess the fact is, they all have the eyes, so you might as well just go straight into those. I mean, mm. it's the easiest access. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's that's good to know. That's good to know. A little a little dark horror there, you know. Um, uh, was it uh, Dead Space Two there, right? Yeah. Other than that, how are you doing, man? <laughs> doing all right. Uh, yeah, things are going all right with us. Uh, yeah, uh, family's doing good. Uh, the new kids doing okay, so can't complain. It's good to hear. How about you? How are things on your end? Well, I have a I have a predicament. Um, so my immediate boss, my, my manager, on uh, this past Wednesday, he um, closes the door to his office, which is not unusual, and then he sends a couple of us a uh, a message on the company chat saying that his wife just told him that her friend who had just stayed with with them has gotten COVID and his wife had not been feeling very well at all for the past like four or five days, something like that. And so he was like, I'm going to go home now because I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know if I have it or anything. So he was gone Thursday and today and he just let us know that, that his wife did test positive for COVID and so he's and so he he's getting a test now, and I was like, ah, kind of. Well, I don't know why you didn't go ahead and already get a test, but I guess it is whatever. Um, but he's getting a test now, so I wasn't around him. I mean, I was around him, but not like for that long, and not like really close. And I have a Christmas party to go to tonight. But I'm thinking that it's probably for the best that I don't go to the Christmas party. And I was wondering what you think about that. Yeah, dude, don't be that asshole. Yeah. Do not be that guy. I mean, because uh, there's a slim chance that you got it. Um, yeah. And I mean, that that's the thing is, you don't know the other people around you, their situation. Probably one of those assholes probably have it, too. So you shouldn't be going to the Christmas party anyways. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, never go to the Christmas party, never go to any party. No, I, 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 I know you're, try, you're probably trying to hook up with someone. So therefore, yeah, you probably want to make a showing to try to show, you know, be like, Hey, I'm here, you know, but, uh, it's just, you go there and then you be like, Hey, you want to leave this party? I know you're hosting it, but you know, I just, you want to head out. <laughs> yeah. I was 99% sure, but, but I was like, I just got the the text from from him saying, "Oh, I'm gonna get a test now," and and I was like, "Well, does that what does that mean for me?" And I was just like, "That means I should probably not go to this, right?" But 
There was, yeah. So I just, I'm glad that I'm glad that you have confirmed for me that I should not be going to this. I'm a fan of being safe than sorry. Granted, you do have you like uh, you did get uh, your vaccine, if I remember correct, right? So, uh, and if you didn't, well, then that's more reason to be you know wary. But uh, essentially, we did that with a friend of mine. Uh, his uh, his brother and sister in law both don't believe in getting the shots. Uh, sure enough, they end up uh, the sister in law caught it. Brother in law is like, uh, or his brother, it was like, no, I didn't. You're like, I'm probably, I'm feeling fine. There's nothing wrong. And then, <laughs> uh, he, sure enough, he tested positive. Uh, but what happened was, uh, they had, my friend and his brother had hung out once before I, before they found out his wife was, uh, had COVID and he was planning on coming down to visit me. And it's like, at the time my wife was pregnant and he, my, and we both agreed like, nah, dude, like you're probably, you, know, you might be fine, but just don't. And then he got himself tested over the weekend that weekend. He's like, came back negative. He's fine. Uh, well, which is good because he has a little kid as well, but we're like, yeah, it's better safe than sorry. Cause you don't need to be getting anyone else sick. So, and then if someone else, if, you know, if you just happen to be that rare case that you do have it and you're just not feeling anything right off the bat, you know, it's still that early incubation. You don't want to give it to someone who else who possibly is uh weaker immune or immune system or something. So yeah, just don't be that asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, uh, now that I, now that I've expressed it verbally, I'm like, yeah, it's obvious just even though no, it's like you really having fever set in real hard and i can see why a lot of people are like you know what? i'm just gonna roll the dice fuck it like let's go to concerts let's do this and that I'm like i totally see why people do it i can't really i can fault them for it but at the same time i understand why people are willing to forego a lot of stuff but you know and then because of reasons like that you got you know um that uh omicron case that you mentioned a couple weeks back uh in new york at the anime yeah. convention because yeah. you know it's so, you know, just better to be safe than sorry. And always, you know, you don't want other people rolling the dice around you. So why would you roll the dice around them? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's accurate. That's, that's a smart way to think about it. Um, but besides that, uh, he, he, he wasn't at, at the Christmas party uh, that we had last night before we officially knew, I guess. Um, but the company had a, had a Christmas party, and so I, I went to that um, because. Like, well, you are affected anyway, so you know he he's he's the uh, he was the patient zero in your office. So. Yeah, I'm definitely closest. He's closest to us, like he's closest to me and one of my coworkers because we're all in the, in the same department. Um, but anyway, it's yeah. Now that I know, it's just got to be like nah. Um, but there's also good news wrapped up in that. Cause I kind of, I mean, I wanted to go to the party. I wanted to go to the party, but there's also a really good reason besides maybe having COVID to not go to the party. All right. And that reason is that final fantasy seven remake was just released on PC. So that happened yesterday and I haven't had a chance to play it at all. Um, so and I had, I had all this stuff planned prior to even knowing that was gonna that that came out. Uh, so when I found that, I was like, "Dang it! I've got all this stuff I have to do. I can't fucking play this damn game. Waiting freaking year and a half to play." Uh, but now that I maybe have COVID, silver lining is I could stay in and play the shit out of some Final Fantasy VII remake and see what that's all about. Yeah, because the the one that came out for the PC is the full version with the uh, extra DLC. Yeah. Uh, so, 
I played the uh, I played the remake when it first came out to PlayStation. Uh, got the copy from my library, so I played it on the PS4. Uh, and yeah, it was, it's a really pretty game. Um, yeah. I think it's like I don't know forty percent more fluff than they needed. That's what I've um, heard. But I'm 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 glad that I kind of know this now, so that I can know going in, you know, like what I'm in for, and that I don't yeah get like I'm I have my expectations set correctly. Yeah, I ended up just, uh, you know, like I like to usually adventure and look at all when it comes to a, a semi linear game like that, you know, where, you know, it's like I like to search all the areas. I like just look for hidden items and stuff like that. At a certain point, I was just like, no, nah, dude, I'm just going to beeline this thing because I'm, I'm sick and tired and that you don't really need to grind too bad. Like it's not really a grind heavy game, which is nice. You don't really need that many summons in the game. So that's also really helpful. Uh, they give you a few of them, and you can pretty much carry that through the end. There's a lot of extra stuff. If you want to find it, there's plenty there for you. There's a lot of challenge, you know, like uh, combat challenges and stuff like that. But honestly, it's mostly, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a solid game. It's pretty as hell. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it. I'm a really big fan of the first one, uh, but that's the thing is, the first Final Fantasy game was great. Any other material after that is all kind of hot garbage. Yeah. And I the, how bad the Final Fantasy, how bad they diluted the Final Fantasy series because my brain was only stuck on Final Fantasy 7. That game was like my middle school, you know, life. Uh that Metal Gear, uh the original Metal Gear was really great. So uh and then I realized, oh yeah, wait a minute. Dirge of Cerberus was really bad. Um Final Fantasy uh they did the uh, the movie, which waited forever, beautiful, beautiful, just animation quality, not not spirits within, also beautiful, but just that tanked their entire film division. Uh, they, <laughs> that they literally closed the Hawaii office, I believe. And then they did. Uh, but when they did the Final Fantasy seven uh, movie, that's actually that's actually really that has correlations with this game, which it's, should not have happened. It's called Advent Children. I have heard, you know, I have heard some spoilers about it that and I. I don't really have the full context for some of the stuff that happens toward the end. So it is a little, so I'm just kind of trying to keep that sort of at the back of my mind, but also not think it about doesn't it matter. It honestly, you, it won't really play into effect until like very close to the end. That's kind of so. what I heard. Um, but like, yeah, you're talking about like Advent children, right? Yeah, that's it. That's um, Yeah. So that was, that was like, it was the, like, I don't know. It was, it's like it's like that Cowboy Bebop live action when you first like when it like because it was so long ago you're like oh I've been waiting for the Final Fantasy thing to happen and yes it's happening and then you watch it and you're like what the fuck just happened I got what I wanted but well, this is not what I wanted well it's it's a perfect anime movie because like Jan Ochoa said about this one anime movie that came out one time which I think is all anime anime movies and that is it changes everything. And it changes nothing. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like, okay, but, and that's just the way that it has to be because they've already ended the show. They wanted the way they wanted to end the show, but they want to make some money, which I don't blame them for. And it's like, well, if you can make something supp supplementary that just kind of, that doesn't really go anywhere, but also kind of gives me a little bit more at a higher quality, maybe. Cause like an Advent Children, like, I remember when that came out. And the magazine, back when magazines were still a thing, uh, the magazine covers and stuff 
with Cloud and Tifa and Eris and stuff. It's just like they're just so highly, like highly rendered, and they looked so good. They just looked freaking perfect. Oh yeah, I'll put it in front of your face. <laughs> so explain to our explain to our audio audience what do you have there. I just reached behind me and grabbed an inbox figure of uh, Final Fantasy Advent Children. Uh, this one happens to be uh, Vincent. The first the first run was three figurines that were uh, it was Tifa, Sephiroth, and Vincent. And I just happened to be unboxing things and just coincidentally had it right outside the camera shot. And I was like, I'll just grab this for you know, you I have ha- a lot of weird shit. How do you have that? I worked at I worked at GameStop at the time. It just fell off um, the back of a truck before I got to GameStop. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I got it. I got it with my employee discount. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> employee discount. Yeah. We. Uh, yeah. It was. I got my first copy of Advent Children was a bootleg that was like I don't know. Uh, not even like three hundred. Some not even three hundred something p. It was just this oh. postage stamp. I think it was Real Player, and it was just this really bad quality. So when you blew it up, it even on a old computer um you know non-hd it was blurry as hell uh that uh one of our employees because he he torrented a um uh he down or he got a copy from it was a japanese copy or something like that someone recording uh from the theater or something probably i i don't even remember now i just remember he had a cop he gave us some copies it was that i watched the second order of the rings two towers and i also watched um i think it was uh matrix uh reloaded that way the worst quality possible but you know what i don't think i missed anything uh i you know, of course i i do own advent children now and i'm like yeah this was way okay back when i first when it first came out this was really neat except for that ending that ending was just horseshit yeah uh, it gets it definitely goes it goes real anime i remember at the end it goes it real goes anime. looney what are you talking about, man? They all daisy, they they barrel monkeys their ass out of a, fl- a flying ship to save, you know, <laughs> save Cloud. They all jump. Yeah, it's, it's super stupid. It is one of those things oh, where I'm just like, oh my gosh, uh, what did I like? Why did I like this? Yeah, no, it's it's embarrassing. It's like, yeah, dude, this is really cool. Watch this. And all of a sudden you show something, something like that. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Ignore that part. But the rest of it's pretty cool. I, I swear. Yeah, but uh, I did go back and watch a little bit of it a few weeks ago, and I was like, mm, I remember this looking better back in two thousand five um, or two thousand. It was bleeding edge, man. There was no dude, no was, CG that that crisp that of that high level quality. It looks so hands down. good, and now it just looks like, and it still looks okay. It just looks kind of blurry now. It just doesn't look quite the same. But anyway, um, so I'm excited about uh, FF7R. And I'm um, going to be playing that tonight, a uh, shite load. Um, okay. So I guess we can go ahead and get into the other shit. If you don't have anything else you want to say at the top of the, the thing. Yeah, we're good. Let's, okay. let's go into this. All right, man. So we'll go into what we've been watching. I have been watching a, a little TV show from HBO called Band of Brothers um so yeah i heard about this one this was <laughs> i have breaking news band of brothers is good <laughs> you like it because it has what's his face from friends in it right ross that's it yeah ross, i don't know his real name uh david schwimmer i think is his real name could be wrong i don't care um so 
which is funny because it's this is like right in the middle of Friends era. This TV show first aired, the very first episode aired September 9th of 2001. Um, so uh, two days later, a huge American tragedy would occur, and that is Nickelback's uh, Silver Side Up album would be released. Um, uh, have, have you have you ever seen that 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 meme? It's, no, I haven't. It's, <laughs> it, it's surprising. I'm like, I, I'm not going to question why you know that. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> I I don't know when I saw that, but like years ago, I saw this thing. It was like September 11th, 2001. Like a huge blah blah tragedy, blah blah blah. Horrible thing happened, and then it was like Nickelback's album was released. And I was like, man, that's so funny. Um, anyway, but this show is, uh, this show, Brand Band of Brothers is, um, I've always heard this show is really, really great. And I didn't get a chance to watch it because I didn't have HBO whenever it came out. Um, but over the years, just kind of more and more of my friends have seen it, you know, and they always say it's really great. And I'm like, ah, okay, so like, how great can it be, you know? But, um, I started to watch it and the first episode is good, but so I guess I should start with saying what this show is actually about. So band of brothers is about, um, the 101st, uh, airborne division, uh, during world war two, uh, basically the, the days leading up to D day, uh, when they're airdropped in, and then the time after that through the Battle of the Bulge. And I'm I'm on episode, uh, I'm in the middle of episode eight right now. Um, and I think it goes up to the end of the war. Um, but basically it follows kind of a group of, of men that uh, were in that, were in that uh, uh, paratrooper division and kind of the things that they did. Um, so... Like the the first episode is pretty, it's good, but it's just them at the the camp, uh, the training camp prior to D Day, and it's it's all right, but you're just but I was like okay, so you know they're they're here, they're doing their thing, and they're kind of getting used to all, they're kind of getting you used to all the characters and stuff, but um, in episode two they get you know they get dropped in and then they start fighting, uh. And I was like, okay, so we're getting into some more fighting stuff. But then episode three happens. And I guess episode two, they're kind of fighting at night and stuff. And it's just like, you can't really see a whole lot. So it's a slow start. It, it kind of is. Um, it, it's establishing people rank uh, their personalities. And yeah, it, it doesn't really start picking up until about episode three. And then, yeah, episode three happens and it's like, holy shit, here we go. It's full on Saving Private Ryan. I mean, it was produced by Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. So, and it's like probably the very next thing that they did after Saving Private, Private Ryan, because that came out in 99, I believe. Um, yeah, it is hot, hot off the heels of that. It's, you know, still fresh in our mind. And, uh, you know, they have, you know, they still have that taste of, you know, what it was like to film. So they you know, you, you still had that chop. So, you know, they weren't like rusty. They're like, yeah, this is, this is how it should feel. This is the grittiness of it. And, uh, if I remember correctly, this was one of the first big, um, 
really big shows that really came out being like, oh, I should most definitely get a paid channel for this. Uh, this and Sopranos kind of um, owned the um, the paid networks around the same time. Uh, but th- this was a short bit. This was just a special a miniseries. Um, yeah, a miniseries. And that's what made this really neat because uh, you knew it, was, it wasn't going to run forever. And it was such a high production quality uh, compared to anything at, at the time. Um, you know, so it really made it, it made a lot of waves. Uh, and then like, I, you know, it made. Uh, it, yeah, I really I think amped, it, it amped up a lot of the quality of the, these type of things. I ended up getting. I actually own this, uh, the old uh, Metal Tin uh, oh, yeah. DVD set. I'm just saying yeah, that so, uh, Thanks to GameStop as well. Yeah, <laughs> I own a lot of shit. <laughs> like, they, they used to sell movies, uh, used, do, do used movies there. So uh, yeah. I have way more shit than I, I wasted so much money. in my. That, it recycled back into the company. <laughs> yeah, recycled so, no, back. That's, sure. it was, it's, it's a super awesome series. And if, you never, if no one's ever gotten a chance to see it... Um, it does a really good job. It still holds up. I watched it again a few years back and I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is still really good. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't, because it's a time, it's a period piece. It, you know, um, there's not a lot that they do with it that like, Oh, that, that aged badly or something like that. It's not like, um, people make fun of, uh, JJ Abrams, you know, for his early movies that made him popular for me, like, Oh, lots of lens flare. And I'm like, yeah, that was the aesthetic at the time. Or like certain movies will have like a lot of, um, yeah, Early 2000s horror movies had a lot of green tinge to it because that was you know that was like uh the filter that they put on to try to make it like the ring and uh grudge and stuff like that would have a lot of those kind of like certain light aesthetics um but no it's like this still holds up pretty well i at least that's what yeah. i felt and I, I like said maybe three years ago i ended up rewatching it yeah and i mean i, like, I like, still really like it it's it is a little dated i would say there's it's it's because i did watch a little bit of saving private ryan uh, to kind of remind myself and saving private ryan is you know it's also showing its age a little bit but it it fares better because it's a full-on like multi-million million dollar movie production with directed specifically by spielberg and stuff but this i mean this for a tv show i can't can't even imagine like watching this on hbo in 2001 i would have just been like fucking blown away because it is super high quality but like the thing about this the way that the band of brothers is made and the way that saving private Ryan is made as far as war movies go is most war movies don't film strategy properly. They like, there's a lot of old war movies where they just show them shooting at each other and then show them dying, but you don't really understand where the line is and where like, like these guys have to fall back now because they're surrounded. Like, I think like we were soldiers. I mean, that was a pretty big movie that came out in the early two thousands and that it it just, it, it wasn't, it, it was okay, but it just wasn't as good because it didn't focus on that like war, like the strategy of war aspect. But like, yeah, but that's not that's that's an apples and oranges comparison because it was Vietnam and Vietnam had no battle lines and that's what made that's what made that war like so hard to control uh, yeah. things of that nature because I mean you get you get things like um uh Hamburger Hill where we would control we would fight get a lot of people killed to take over a control point for a hill and then we would literally fall back and then we'd take it over again and then we'd fall back again that happened a lot um uh there's 
uh, or was it Tiger? Ah, shit, there's I can't remember. Uh, I might have gotten my uh, battle placements wrong, but that happened a lot in Vietnam. And because there was no hard line being like, this is our front, we're moving this, but also just in the squad based things, like in the city encounters and stuff like that, that was much more apparent back then. Um, and so it, it is different, difficult to, you know, to I say, um, agree with I actually you. really, as a Vietnam movie, I actually really like We Were Soldiers. Yeah, um, I mean, it's uh, it's good. I, I like it. It's good. But as far as like filming combat, I just don't think it's, I just don't think it, it holds up because I think that like, yeah, Vietnam was more confusing, especially probably that battle, but watching it, I didn't have the same like feeling like I like as a spectator, I was oriented, whereas even in like the chaos of some of the battles of Band of Brothers, I do always feel like I'm oriented on the battlefield. Like even though it jumps from one group to another to another, it's always like, okay, I know where I, I like I know where I am as a viewer and I know what's at stake, even if the people who are fighting in the show even if they don't know what's going on precisely. So I guess it's, I guess it's just like what you prefer or what you're willing to, to uh, put up with. But like, as far yeah, as like, I, I understand what you're talking about. And um, I think like, for example, the, a modern one, it would be, uh, I think uh, Black Hawk Down did a pretty good job about yeah. following groups well and having kind of a placement. Um, and that's, that is something that uh, just in film in general, I think is having a lot more trouble with, with action scenes because everyone's going to a hand cam, but also uh, us films like to do a lot of hard cuts. Um, it doesn't, it gives you uh doesn't give you the proper placement in a room. Even yeah. uh, there was a really good, uh, someone did a really good point of you saying like uh, Avengers, uh, the first Avengers movie, uh, they literally have to do a hard jump cut to every like close up to every face in the room when they're like they're all standing around the table instead of having just a good sweeping or good you know panning shot of everyone, and uh, that's so that's you know, opposed to for example like a lot of martial arts films, um, like uh, a really good one is uh, the Raid. Uh, they do a really good shot, a good job about keeping placement. Uh, despite all the action happening, they're not doing all these rough cuts to to mask the fighting right. uh because you know because when you're when you're pulling punches during uh you know acting you know um uh, they have to do a lot of hard cuts to make it uh look like you're doing a good hit uh but they really do a good job of me- making you feel like you know your position in the room and where they are as the action's happening so like the raid was really good about that uh opposed i can't remember the other films there was a couple others that came out around the same time that were nowhere near as good because uh because of those hard cuts um, and so, yeah, I didn't think about that with Band of Brothers, to be honest. Uh, but I wasn't looking at it as I was rewatching it just, you know, for the heck of it. Um, last time I watched, it, I never really thought thought of that. Uh, you know, and your point is uh, really valid. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious to rewatch it again now and just with that concept in mind. Yeah. But that's a lot of time to put in. <laughs> well, I would say I would say like just if you're going to rewatch any of it, I would just say jump in, rewatch episode three and pay attention to. Because cause what I found interesting about it was in episode three, they are making a run at um, these artillery guns that the Germans have. And so these artillery guns are all like in a line and they always orient everything based on the artillery gun that they're attacking. So there's a trench that leads up to it and there's kind of woods and stuff around it. And so they just keep track of like, they just keep that artillery gun like 
in the shot, in the background or in the, you know, depending on where they are, but it's always kind of in the shot. So you always know, okay, I'm to the left of it. I'm to the right of it. And I was like, okay, this is, and I know it's kind of the same thing with saving private Ryan with that early, that first scene. I mean, they just keep those bunkers like there and the beach there. So you're always really well oriented. And I like that anyway. Um, so just a little bit more about it. Uh, the characters are all really good. Um, nothing is really overacted. A bunch of dudes that uh, were super young, uh, probably just now, probably just getting their start in acting. Uh, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, who play uh, Xavier and Magneto from in the new X Men movies, um, they both have bit parts in this. Um, the guy that plays Winters, who's the the the, the captain, and then. I think, what does he go up to the next rank? The major, I forget. Um, but he is, uh, I mean, I think he's, I think this is kind of the beginning of his, of his career. Yeah, that, that should be major. Um, he later went on to do billions. And before that did, uh, gosh, can't think of it. The terrorism show Homeland, I think is what it's called. But, uh, then, then there's Donnie Wahlberg is in it too. Uh, and a few other people that I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen him in this and seen him in that. So definitely a great cast, probably before anybody even knew who they were. Um, so very well done there. But I'm really looking forward to the last two and a half episodes, probably finish up those this weekend. Um, really enjoying it. Um, yeah, that's it's, you know, it's better late than ever. Uh, it's yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It, everyone should have everyone should have this on their repertoire just to just to. It's a good example of a, of a good TV show, you know, done well that, you know, like I said, it's, yeah, some things have maybe aged out, but for the most part, it still holds up in my opinion. So let me know when you, when you finish it, you know, how you think of the whole thing, the thing as a whole, because yeah, I remember loving the crap out of it at the time, but once again, there was nothing of this scale uh, and quality when it first came out. Yeah. I remember it was a big fucking deal back then. And even up till even I mean, even now people just talk about how great it is. Um, all right. So that's going to be it for band of brothers. Um, and then you and I both watched a Netflix show. Um, would you like to tell people what that is, Joe? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Netflix uh, dropped a, a movie called red notice. Uh, it has um, Ryan Reynolds and uh, you know, the rock, um, I can't remember his real name now. Dwayne uh, <laughs> Johnson. Yeah, that's right. Dwayne Johnson. Um, you know, the uh, it's and it has a uh, Gal Gadot. Yeah. That's um, right. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman. That's I just know. I just know her as Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. That's all she is. Because um, that's that's what I first saw her in. And that's how it's like. It was funny because I didn't realize it was her until there's a scene where she fights with a staff uh, or a spear. And I'm like. Wait a minute. Hang is on. that Wonder Woman? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, come I paused on, it and I quick look, I quick IMDb. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's go. Good. All right. <laughs> I didn't realize who it was at the, at, you know, the first, uh, because the first time you see her, she has this giant fur coat and stuff like that. And I'm like, I just didn't recognize her. Um, it's a, um, uh, it's just a, I don't know, uh, a action, like a heist comedy uh, is the best way to put it. Yeah. So maybe lay out the premise a little bit. Um, so, all right, Ronald, uh, Ryan Reynolds is um, a self-proclaimed uh, world's best thief, uh, and he's very good at making forgeries of things and then swap, making a replacement, you know, swap. While um, Dwayne Johnson is a FBI profiler, and he's been hunting him. Um, 
I can't remember if he has a code, uh, if Ryan Reynolds has a code name off the top of my head. Um, I really can't remember now. I can't think uh, of, but it sounds like he should, but I don't remember what it is. Uh, yeah, and then Galgado is a uh, uh, is the other uh, top thief and known as Bishop, uh, and essentially that's what, what happens is uh, Dwayne Johnson uh, intercepts uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, and then arrests him, uh, and then he gets uh, he gets framed uh, for uh, being his accomplice and uh by a third party interpol uh, interpol then you know gets the information that oh wait uh this fbi profiler doesn't exist and so they you, know, you must be working with them and now we're throwing you in jail and then they have to escape jail together and then they go in hijinks ensue uh, it's yeah. it's a lot of witty banter so if, it's a ryan reynolds movie so if you like ryan reynolds doing his ryan reynolds thing um then yeah it's it's just that it's um it is a great popcorn film. It's just, if you just want to chill, not relax, not have anything, you know, you don't, nothing you need to really stay super focused on. Uh, not a lot of twists and turns. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory, uh, but it's, it's a good movie uh, as far as just simple entertainment. Uh, it won't enrich your life any more than, you know, but it, it'll at least, it's a good way to kill a, kill a week, like, evening. So, you know, what this movie is, this what? movie, this movie is the rundown. Do you remember the I'm trying to remember the rundown? Uh, that was the one where he's um, uh, the uh, Dwayne Johnson's in the uh, forest for some reason. That's they're, all I remember. They're in the jungle, and uh, is, is it? It's not Owen Wilson. It's someone else, right? It's uh, Sean William Scott is the is the guy that would be in this in the place of um, of Ryan Reynolds in this case. Um, so the rundown is a movie about uh, basically. Yeah, a tough aspiring chef is hired to bring home a mobster's son from the Amazon, but becomes involved in the fight against an oppressive town operator. So it's it's definitely more like it's it's definitely has some differences, but but like Dwayne Johnson is kind of the same the same character, and Sean William Scott is this like idiot funny asshole, uh, and then the, it has Rosario Dawson in it. I don't know. I just kind of realized that their movies, are, <laughs> these two movies are sort of similar. Um, but yeah, like in Red Notice, uh, Dwayne Johnson is a, yeah, he's a, some kind of a Interpol guy and he's hunting down, you know. Uh, FBI profiler. He's yeah. heels assisting because that's what they keep on referring to him being out of his jurisdiction. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's, it, it is pretty good. I was actually pretty impressed with it um just about all the way through especially for a netflix movie uh i uh i thought the the, the jokes were I thought, <laughs> you're right i thought the jokes were pretty all right um i could have used a little bit more gal gadot i felt like she was um i mean she was in it like enough and and more toward the end but uh she was she, i could have used a bit more of her, I guess, but it was kind of crowded as it is. I think it was, yeah, it, it, it was a good movie, but it, uh, it's be right better than any Netflix thing has the right to be. Uh, yeah, probably. so yeah. It, it was just, uh, I, you know, uh, there's not really much else to it. It was, you know, there was, there's a little bit of, um, twists to it. And I kind of saw that coming. I yeah. actually called it out to my, to my you know to my wife and i'm like yeah here like it's probably this and sure enough like not that long later I'm like yep that's it yeah so 
so I, I will I will say that like it is um this is probably one of the, this is probably one of the first movies I've seen from Netflix where I was like this could really be a uh, like a theater movie just about I feel like this movie could have a a little bit more money put into it with a little bit more oomph in some of the set pieces some of the action set pieces though they were really good in this I would call them like a minus tier you know they're not quite you know Michael Bay level a plus tier but uh definitely a step up and to get all three of these people I mean these are like I mean, these three are pretty much the hottest in Hollywood. I can't think of really anybody that would be bigger than than these three. Maybe you could replace them, but I don't think you get anybody that were as as far as action goes. I don't think you'd get anybody that that would that, that was bigger. Um, I think with this generation of um, kids, I would say they're the biggest uh, currently. I mean, I think you can easily replace them as far as big name action stars, but as they they do occupy a weird space where they're that um, action meets comedy. You know, they're um, oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. They have that dynamic because when you're talking about the rundown, that was like that's uh, 03 or something like that, early 2000s, mm-hmm. and that was when uh, Dwayne Johnson was still the Rock. He didn't, you know, he was not known as Dwayne Johnson. I think that was uh, his first movie that he did. Uh, maybe because I know right after that, or uh, around around the same time, he did uh, not walk hard, uh, walk tall. I yeah, think it was walking tall. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then that was equally good, bad movie. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a simple, a cheesy action movie that you like. You know, you watch it because like, okay, let's watch the stupid <sighs> stupid stuff happen. I never saw uh, Walking Tall, but I, but I like the rundown. I mean, it was it was silly in the in the best ways, uh, especially like. Uh, there was an Arnold Schwarzenegger cameo where he got where the rock goes into the club and Arnold Schwarzenegger passes him in the hallway in like a split second. He, all he does is he says to the rock, good luck. And, uh, just like keeps walking and it's kind of like, okay, he's kind of passing the torch. That's, that's kind of cool. But then also Sean William Scott, like yelling, establish dominance. <laughs> to the rock because he fights him i think he fights a monkey or something <laughs> so um, funny. Oh was that the same guy from in role models um sean william scott is uh from american the uh american pie is what i know him from he's a stiff yeah I, i'm pretty i'm pretty sure yeah he was i'm pretty sure he's um the uh uh in role models he's uh Paul Rudd's um, partner in that one, and he's—they uh, both work for. They used to work for. Or they work for an energy drink company. Essentially, it's Red Bull, but it's Minotaur. Uh, it's <laughs> associated with their local hockey good. team or something like that. And so he's the one in the Minotaur costume, just going Minotaur, like you know, as they go promoting drug drug awareness at uh, high schools, and they're giving like free cans of this energy drink. And it has one of the best lines ever because they they both go to the urinal, and it's coming out like fluorescent green or something like that. Oh, oh. <laughs> and it's just like uh, uh, at one point he goes uh, Paul Rudd sa- says like yeah we're, we're peddling poison and then he goes uh, the other guy goes it's not poison it has juice <laughs> so whenever I whenever I have have an energy drink and it, it says like 5% juice that's all I ever think about it it's not poison it has juice 
That's perfect. But yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but anyways, back to back to <laughs> Red Notice. Uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, like I said, it was it's a good waste of a time. Uh, it's honestly, uh, I think they do a good job. Uh, you know, they have good uh, the way they work off each other is really well done. Uh, you know, you got decent funny man, straight man combo. Yeah. Um, and and it, at the end, it sets it up for a sequel, you know, like no spoilers, but it does set it up for a sequel. So I was like, okay, you know, I could definitely watch another one of these, um, especially now they've kind of done it once. They probably will hopefully be able to get, uh, you know, more rapport and have the jokes land even better next time. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that. I can totally see that happening. Um, yeah, and that was like I said. It was. Uh, I recommend if you got some free time and you like either, you know, any of those actors, uh, most definitely give it a shot. For sure. Uh, and then you watched a couple, couple other things uh, too. Um... Yeah. So I've been. Uh, so there's a Netflix on Netflix. There's also a, a TV show called Lucifer. It originally was, I believe, it was a WB uh, show, and then I thought it was around. Fox. I'm I sorry. I thought it was Fox. I thought it was on Fox. Uh, you uh, okay? So, uh, I forget what who originally had it, and then it got. I thought it got bought out uh, by WB or Netflix or something like that because they actually yeah. it kind of. I, I think it's after season four, mm-hmm. season three or season four. Uh, um, I think it, so. It might have been after season three into season four. They the ownership changed, um, and you know so that's uh, you know, neither here nor there. Uh, they had essentially a year or so ago, a year and a half, maybe two, you know, something like that. They went up to season five and a half and they just stopped. Uh, and then they, they waited, you had to wait until they finished out season five. And uh, sometime last year, they, they actually put out season six as well. And that's it. It's done. Oh, okay. um, I didn't know it was done. So yeah, it's, uh, it's fully done. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I have watched up to that season five and a half and it was, you know, it was all right. It's a, it's a fun ride. So the concept is, um, uh, the devil uh, got tired of being in hell, and so he wants to take a vacation. So he ends up uh, living in in L.A. and he's established as a nightclub owner. Uh, and he he does uh, essentially he helps people out. He knows connections, and he's willing to do things dirty. Uh, but he's not like they portray him as a a lovable Brit essentially because <laughs> he they give him a British accent. Okay. Um, and it's funny because. I didn't realize it, uh, but after I started watching this, I had also uh, ended up watching. Uh, I rewatched Merlin, uh, the old. It's an old BBC TV show, like five seasons or something like that, and it has uh, Anthony Stewart Head as um, uh, King Arthur's father. Uh, I can't remember his name now. Uther, yeah, Uther, I think. Uh, and I was just after, and every now and then, there's, uh, there, uh, I'm like, there's this one other character that came in who is like a semi-villain of a different nation. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I paused. I'm like, that's him. <laughs> it's Lucifer, but like a bit younger. And I'm like, that's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, just to, to see him as a different role, and but also being a villain. Uh, no, but what happens is in Lucifer uh, episode one, essentially, is. Um, someone he helped out who used to be a, a waitress at his club. Um, she made, she became a movie star and, uh, she is essentially gunned down in front of his uh, club and he wants to know what the heck happened. He kind of blames himself because it was him who put her into stardom and he's trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, he has the ability to, 
the only real power he has per se, um, other than like super strength and and vulnerability, is to uh, make you say what your desire is. So, mm. you know, if uh, yeah, he'll you know if you want uh, if he asks you what do you desire, you'll automatically blurt out whatever it is, no matter how ridiculous it is. Um, and he ends up in order to try to find out the killer. He he's working. Um, he keeps on uh, crossing paths with the, the detective on duty and uh, Chloe Decker. And they, of course, uh, they have a lot of that, uh, you know, uh, cop banter vibe. You know, like he's, you know, obviously uh, he's trying to be mischievous and she's playing the super straight cop. And, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because he realizes his uh, power doesn't work on her. So when he asks her, uh, what do you, what is it that you desire? And she just looks at him deadpan and be like, is that it? Does that work on everyone? You know, it's like, you, yes, it should, you know? And so because of that, it, it, it piques his interest in her. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty decent. It's, I like it. I like it quite a bit. I ended up watching, like I said, my, my wife and I ended up just watching that quite often. And we, just, ever since that, um, we, you know, life just got in the way. So we never got to finish out when they finally brought out season, the second pa- half of season five, and they brought season six. We just never got around to it. But uh, a buddy of ours, we introduced him into the series. He ended up, uh, uh, we brought him late, like uh, shortly before season, the second half of season five came out. And so we showed him a little bit of the first season when he was visiting. Uh, he ended up binge watching the entire the entire thing. And then he finished the whole thing up. And he's like, yep, yeah, that's it. Season six, it's done. Um, it, you, you know, he's like, I'm like, is it done done? Or is it like, and we're leaving the back door open. He's like, no, it's pretty done. I mean, you could technically make it work if you wanted to do a spinoff, but no, it's fully it. And they actually did a crossover. I, uh, I believe it was with the flash. Uh, cause flash is also WB. So it must and be, so, yeah, it must be CW. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. WB, CW. It's all the same. Um, yeah, yeah, same that's, parent company. It, that's accurate. Yes. Uh, yeah. So they ended up, uh, uh, he ends up being in an episode or, so, or two of like uh, the flash uh, as himself, as Lucifer, the character Lucifer uh, too bad. It doesn't work the other way, <laughs> but you know, that would have been, that'd been pretty funny to see Barry show up in LA. <laughs> yeah. It'd be because... fun to see the actor just walking around. That would be kind of, even if he's like not the flash or whatever, but you would know as a audience, you know, viewer, what, what they were, what yeah. the joke they were trying to make was, but there, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's totally a good funny series. Uh, you, he, he has his uh, brother who is like uh, the more up, the super uptight angel, uh, Amenadiel, right. and he comes in and he's 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 the goody goody like suck up to God, you know, brother. And he's like, you really need to go back to hell, you know. You need to, you know, they're running amok and you need to control. It. Like, no, no, I don't. In fact, I'm pretty happy here. Um, so and he has, yeah. Uh, is it so? It's um, like what percent would you say is drama versus comedy? It is mostly lighthearted comedy, uh, okay. more than real drama. There is always, there are certain bits of it uh, that's you know has some drama to it, uh, but it's not really. It's, I think, an episode of CSI has more quote unquote drama than it, you know, because okay. it's not it's not as cheesy. I mean, to the point where they have to go episode one, they end up going to um, uh, the actress who died in question, uh, they had, uh, she's seeing a, a therapist. So they go to see the therapist and, uh, in order to get her to divulge information, uh, he, uh, he essentially, apparently his other, one of another powers, he just has an animal magnetism towards women. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, 
So he cranks their hormonal level up to like 12. Uh, and so he pretty much promises her that if you if you divulge the information, this will happen. And so she she gives in and she tells him what he's like, and then they're like, uh, the detective's like, I have to like we we gotta go. And he's like, Okay, I'm sorry, but I always keep my word. So um I'll be back later for you. And he does. He comes back and then next you know, next episode, he starts see, seeing the therapist as an actual um, you know, counselor counselor and he pays with sex for the most part. Mm. <laughs> Yes, so completely breaks kind of the cool. oath, you know, right? Any, uh, any real, <laughs> she could lose her license. Um, yeah, she's taking advantage of him. That's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's I, it's a good show. I like it a lot. It's if also it's it's better than a lot of the other CW CW shows. It doesn't have that. CW likes to do a lot of real angsty melodrama. Yeah. Um, I know because I've watched a lot of, I I've watched a lot of their stuff. Um, to a certain point, I, uh, the Arrow, the Flash. Um, uh, supernatural, uh, yeah. supernatural is one I got to finish up because I'm like, I've only made it to like season 10 or something like oh, that. Jeez, What are there? 13 seasons? I don't know. Uh, shoot. Something like that. 14, maybe I forget, uh, but they're, they're done too. Now they're officially done. And that's why I'm more excited to actually go ahead and finish that out. Um, and because I think one of the guys ended up becoming CW ended up doing, I think a Walker, Walker, Texas Ranger reboot. <laughs> Uh, it's just called Walker, so yeah. I'm assuming it's Walker Texas Ranger. Yeah. Uh, it's the, and I'm like, I'm like, you can't, no, you can't do that. Like they, they must, it must be completely different. It must be no karate in it or anything, you know. Just so. roundhouse kicks. That's all I want. That's all I want. Yeah, I would like, I would like to see him do a flying sidekick into a car, a uh, car window. Uh, did you ever see that bit on Conan O'Brien where he had a lever? And it was that, was, that was that was when they they got they they merged with uh their companies merged and so he goes we legally have access to all their stuff and that that bit went for a while so he would uh, have this he would have this lever next to his desk and he'd be taught he'd do it before the guest came on but sometimes he would do it while the guest is there where he'd pull this lever and they would play a clip of uh walker texas ranger doing a roundhouse kick and it was always a different one but it it wasn't be- just roundhouse kicks, though. It was literally r- just asinine things from that show. That was <laughs> oh, the thing. Maybe that, that was so it. I because he had access to all the, kicks, all the back but- catalog. He'd pull the lever, and it showed it showed him uh, like uh, Chuck Norris uh, as Walker Texas Ranger. He walks into a he's in a field, bends, you know, takes a knee, takes a little bit of the dirt, tastes it, spits it out. A plane crashed here. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, what? <laughs> but it was great because Conan would wait. For like the like the middle of a like Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise or some actor to be in the middle of their story and he'd be like listening until and then he'd just like pull the lever randomly. So funny. Yeah. Um so the fact that they made a new one of those too. But I don't know. As far as CW show goes though, uh, I like Lucifer. Cool, and cool. so I it's on Netflix. Uh if you know, honestly watch like uh, maybe two or three episodes, and if you don't like it, then you can bow out. Uh, I say give it at least a three episode shot. Um, so I, it's it's totally worth it. Have you finished it? Um, no, we're currently uh, latter half of. We just literally started last week. Okay. Um, so we've now almost finished with season five. Um, and it's uh, it's an okay, it's okay. Uh, it's not you know it ha- it's it's overall it's good, but it's not uh, the best of their stuff. But apparently, uh, according to my buddy, uh, he really liked season six. Okay, uh, so he said ended. it ended really strong. So I'm so you know it's not disappointing. Uh, you know because sometimes when they take that they take a break halfway through a season, it's always a little worrying. Yeah. Um, 
So I can't say anything because at the moment I can't really say what's going on because it's just huge spoilers all around. If I just even mention certain characters, so that I just have to leave it like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we were watching that, and then uh, as of yesterday, uh, I started watching um, Hawkeye. Uh, so I didn't realize, you know, I went to Disney Plus, and I'm like, you know what? Um, I couldn't even remember what was supposed to be the next slated thing. Cause I, they did the Marvel's uh, what if series uh, after Loki. And I had zero interest in seeing what if, to be honest. Um, so I was just like, all right, let's see what they got. I'm like, Oh, Hawkeye. Okay, cool. And then I realized, Oh, there's five episodes. Okay. And I looked up how many episodes and they're like, Oh, there's only supposed to be five. Sure. Let's give this a shot. Um, and I watched, uh, yeah, I ended up watching up to episode three. Uh, within since yesterday evening uh and it's it's all right uh episode one's a little disappointing to be honest uh but essentially this is all uh this uh the main the main female character um i honestly don't remember her name she's a um she was a child during the avengers um movie where um when new york gets attacked so essentially the two focal points in any marvel movie are uh the attack on new york and then the blip. Um, so this is this takes place uh, uh, originally, like, was it 2012? Um, and when New York's being attacked, uh, she happens to be saved by um, by Hawkeye, but she also loses her father uh, during the events. And she then is uh, lives, you know, her family's really rich, and so she grows up just with the mindset of I need to I need to be strong, I need to protect my mom, and. Then, you know, she's she was. They already show her as a, I don't know, a ten year old. Well, actually, she's twenty. I think they said she was like twenty two, so she'd be like twelve or thirteen or something like that. And she has all these awards for athleticism. She has like karate, archery, and some other stuff. And they show her a photo of her doing a rock wall climbing. So she's already very uh, athletic at that age. And then uh, they uh, fast forward to present time, and they have her as a national karate champion or she has a medal from it and she's also like two-time state uh archery or something like that so they have they still have her being you know uh really athletic there and uh without i guess too many spoilers um essentially just they her her, her mom's getting remarried and she's uh they're at a benefit on an auction um that her mom's hosting and secretly downstairs, they're doing a black auction site. Uh, I'm excuse me, I got to. Yeah, sorry about that. For um, for anyone who's watching, when you see me go off to the side, it's so I've gotten over a cold, uh, but this I have this lingering, really bad cough that's still sticking around. So that's why I'm trying not to cough on screen. And yeah, so I do apologize to that for the listeners as well. That's why I'm trying to mute it uh, when I do. Um, but yeah, so there's a black auction going on, and uh, there happens to be um, there was a couple things that were found from the Avengers compound that exploded through the movies, uh, and it happened to have um, Hawkeye's old suit and sword from when he went uh, uh, during the blip when he kind of went rogue because mm. he lost his whole family and he became Ronin, where he just became the super vigilante who just murdered a bunch of uh, underground or like you know underground thugs and syndicates. Uh, so he was. That was his uh, couple years spent was just uh, just murdering a bunch of you know uh, crime lords, and 
So apparently that suit went for us for sale, and so did his uh, sword. And uh, essentially, the there's a heist go- that happens. They uh, some uh, mafia members break in through the side of walls. They're, they're looking for uh, an item, and she happens to come across his uh, uniform when he was Ronin. But you know, all all anyone knows is Ronin is this vigilante who exists. That's all. Uh, they don't know it's Hawkeye. And so she puts on the outfit beats up a couple guys and then goes on the run. And here's where my problem comes in. She's this super athletic, like karate champ, her fighting skills, um, are really awkward in the, in the beginning, they sure as semi-competent. And then when she's running away later, they have her running like she's never ran before. I don't know. I, it's like, she's, she's really athletic, but like her, her stride, her gait, just though you'd think she'd run with some purpose, but she's running as if she like, I don't know, um, uh, uh, running away in a horror movie or something like that. They just, she's just kind of flailing and wobbling. I'm like, no, man, you are, you are supposed to be super tough, super, like, there's no way you don't know how to run, like, yeah. pro- appropriately. You would be good um, at this. If you're good at the other stuff, you'd be good at this. And it would be subconscious. It wouldn't be like, oh, this crazy stuff just happened. No, like, you would still know how to do a proper, like, run but it's just uh and then she ends up fighting uh uh their villain their main bad guy right now currently is the um tracksuit mafia mm-hmm. which l- stereotypes galore I'm like it's i don't it's probably it's probably lifted straight from an old comic because that's tracksuits are easy to draw they're easy colors on the old comic panels um and they're super stereotypical of a uh, a russian mob or some sort of you know uh, you know, yeah. post-Soviet, blah blah blah, because that's that's the old joke is you know you live and die in the tracksuit, you know. Uh, so <laughs> that's uh, so yeah, it's it's like they they have the most generic bad guys chasing after her, and when they they end up running coming across her again, and then she also doesn't know how to fight it anymore. She's like, she's like, yeah, it's it's like she can never knew how to handle herself. I'm like, wait a minute. What by episode three, she's like, I'm back to fighting really good again. I'm like, what the hell was that then? It was really just, uh, I was really disappointed. I don't expect her to be like super level Kung Fu or anything like that. Um, she's just, it's just karate. She knows, but she's also, they have her as a knowing gymnastics and stuff like that too, as some of the medals and stuff. So I'm like, all right. So She's super athletic. She should be able to fight at least a little bit better. She's a national champ or at least national contender. So um, it just was very awkward to see that fight scene play out. And uh, essentially because she ma- she ends up making the news on a video footage saying like, you know, there's a robbery at this benefit auction and uh, they see this hooded ninja, you know, guy in person running away. And so a Hawkeye happens to be in New York with his kids and he sees that footage and he's just like, Okay, I gotta retrieve that. Someone, you know, someone is playing. Try to pretend to be me. I have to go get my stuff back. So the uh, the actress, uh, I, believe, I believe her name is Haley Steinfeld, um, and I think she's also a singer. But I believe she was in. Oh yeah, she was in True Grit, and then she was also in. Um, gosh, uh, the Bumblebee movie. I believe that was her. Um, so she is. So. Is she going to be the main Hawkeye? Yeah, so that was the, one of the reasons why I watched this because there was a lot of speculation before Hawkeye came out that it, everyone, like a lot of people were assuming that it was going to be his daughter who's going to be taking up the mantle. 
because uh, in one of the other Avengers movies, he shows there's scenes showing her um, him training her how to use a bow. Right. Uh, and then there's going to be like, um, I forget, they have a young Avengers like group, essentially like DC's Young Justice, where all, all the new all the heroes have their young protégés, essentially. And so that's what the felt that a lot of people are feeling. That's the move they're going to make is trying to make this next generation of children become the new heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's speculation uh, as a while ago. Um, so yeah, she's uh, looks like she, they're targeting her to be this next, the next Hawkeye. And I personally don't really like her at all. <laughs> um, she's her, the, the person that they play, have her playing as her mom is really, uh, I kind of like some of the stuff they way they've portrayed her. Cause essentially she comes back home. The very first scene you see her in is, um, she breaks into her her campus and to a rooftop, and then her apparently she has a um, uh, a bet to see whether or not she can make the bell in a bell tower ring from across by firing across the campus yard. Uh, it's a really long shot, so you know first shot she does she has like a tennis ball at the end of the you know the arrow, and she hits the outside, but it just goes like boom, you know nothing too bad. And then she hooks she she puts some attachment on it, and then she is able to shoot and hit the rope that swings the bell um you know a dongle and she makes it ring and it's like mm. and so you know it's showing that she has massive skill but then because of the way the arrow hits making the bell ring apparently it's enough to cause a resonance to completely come com- break the bell having it crash down through the bell tower uh and yeah i'm like no that I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> okay. uh, it's not being, it's not an old historical building. It's literally just, well, it's an old bell, but it's uh, if it had a rope attached to it, that means they're still ringing the damn thing. And then her mom comes, you know, like the, you see her coming home to New York and her mom's like, I can, you know, she's not happy. She's like, I'm not happy with uh, having to replace the clock tower. And she's like, she's like, well, it's a bell, it was actually a bell tower. And she's like, the, um, the dean informed me that not only is like uh, it's like it, uh, the overachiever that you are, you not only were able to destroy the bell tower, but it had a clock in it, and you were able to look that too. Yeah. So huh. yeah, she brings down the whole damn thing, um, and her mom's just like, and I have to because they're loaded. So like, I have to, I'm going to be replacing the whole thing. And but she does make a comment saying that there's only there's two kind of people who think they're invincible: young people and rich people. And you grew up both, you know, <laughs> and so. That's pretty good. Um, but the, because the mom, the mom married into the money. Uh, it was the hu- it was the the husband who was uh, that's his family money. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I like you so far, but she's marrying the bad guy, or like you know, a, you know, secretly the bad guy or whatever. So we'll see how that plays out. Okay. So where does uh, uh, what's his name? I forget the actor's name. Let me find it. Uh, Jeremy Renner. Where does he come in? All right. Which one's Jeremy Renner? He's the guy in the thing He's i like, haven't seen a guy yet it's um uh well jeremy, jeremy renner the, is um, hawkeye what in jeremy renner is hawkeye oh, oh hawkeye i'm sorry i'm talking about i was thinking you think i was thinking the bad guy right off the bat because um jeremy renner comes in meets her and is trying to is essentially he doesn't tell her who he like i'm ronan everyone knows he, who clint is everyone knows that because you know they know clint as being hawkeye uh one of the avengers uh and in fact he's when they first show him in new york it's him seeing like Rogers the musical, uh, yeah, because the Captain America musical, oh, yeah. and <laughs> okay, <laughs> and so Pretty it's good. it's the uh, you see these actors on on Broadway 
in t-shirts that look like the colors of the uh, the Avengers and uh, while New York's being attacked, we're doing the whole scene, but in a musical number. And they're like, you know, they're like, Hulk, you know, uh, what do you say? Or something like that. And he's like, smash, smash, smash. You know, like it's, uh-huh. it's yeah. And, uh, they, it's pretty funny. It's dumb, but it's funny. Uh, he ends up, uh, but apparently uh, Hawkeye now has uh, a hearing aid. He's hearing impaired. Uh, okay. And at one point they ask, someone asks about it and they, they do a hard cut to a bunch of scenes throughout the uh, Avengers films. Oh, wow. Just like him breaking through a, him breaking through a window, uh, one explosion here, the entire Avengers compound just exploding. He's like, it's hard to say. <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. That's a pretty good joke. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's well, too bad, but it's also a pretty good joke. It's, it's it's the real the realisticness of it all, right? Because it's like, yeah, over time you are going to suffer some some uh, physical damage. Uh, in the comics, I know one of the comic series, he uh, he did lose hearing because he had to bite down on a sonic arrow. Uh, wow. <laughs> so he had to bite down on it to help get himself out of a situation, and that the the frequency like Messed damaged his ear. I mean, like if you, it's a a really good way to get rid of get rid of the old actors um, or to kind of move them on with naturally retire them without murdering them to retire (laughs) them. That's the right word to retire them uh, because like with with some of them, you can't really do that because the story doesn't really fit like Thor. You're not going to be able to do that uh, for a while yet. Cause, cause um, well, the actor's young enough, but like in black widow uh, there's a scene kind of two thirds of the way through the movie where her sister says to her, uh, the God doesn't have to take an ibuprofen after his battles. And it's kind of like, yeah. So like black widow and, and, um, and Hawkeye are both regular humans who just happen to be, you know, super assassins, but they're still regular people. So they are going to age and they won't be able to do the job anymore. So, I mean, for them, at least there's room for, Story-wise, there's room to get them uh, moved on and get somebody else in that in that spot. Yeah, the uh, that was the whole bit, right? They're they're just normal people. It's why, um, like, Batman's the most vulnerable, you know, theoretically uh, person out of the, you know the DC crew because he's the only real human. While every, you know he relies on money and gadgetry and his wits, of course. But then when you got um, you know, Marvel, you had, well, Tony Stark was human, but he also had billions of dollars of tech behind him uh, and a super suit. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, that really helps. Uh, while, you know, you can't, a bullet can't take him out. Um, but technically, despite uh, Captain America was taken out by a bullet uh, in in the comics, that's, that's how he dies uh, during the whole... Um, uh, Civil War. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's how they ended up ending that. Spoilers, I guess. Sorry, guys. Uh, don't <laughs> worry. He probably comes back. I don't remember how it ends. <laughs> there's, I think there's been two Civil Wars now. I think there, there's one uh, that was in the mid-2000s, and then and then there was another one, I believe, but I don't remember completely. Yeah, well, what happens is um, the, they had a the sniper aim like he was he's arrested because he uh he gives up he's he's part of the resistance uh, for he's against registrations uh for you know for uh mutants and all that and then uh he gives himself up uh there's a marksman instead of taking him shooting him he he has a laser dot sight uh that aimed on the um the guard next to him 
And of course he sees that. So he jumps in front and he, he knocks the guard out of the way and die. He gets shot and killed that way. Um, and then that's after that, Tony's on the run. And then, yeah, that's, that's a whole bit, but he is, the thing is a bullet can kill Captain America. He's just also able to run at like, you know, 30, 40 miles an hour. Uh, I, I remember so. that when that happened, because I wasn't reading comics or anything at that time, but I think the white house made a comment um, or scolded Marvel for killing Captain America I mean, it's like he he wasn't going to stay dead, but he was going to be dead for a little while. And and uh, the White House or the government at large was like, "Don't do that. That's Captain America. You can't do that." Um, so that was just kind of a funny little thing. But, but yeah, but, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I think that was during the yeah. Obama administration. But but besides that, is uh like otherwise, um, it, do you like the show? Or are you going to keep watching it? It's only five episodes. I'm already um, a, uh, three fifths the way through. Uh, I heard that it, some people were like, there was a big surprise ending at the epi- end of episode five. Um, the way I look at it is it's like the length of two movies because each one of these is like 50 to 60 minutes long. Yeah. Um, so okay. by ep- the end of episode five, there's a reveal that people are like, ooh, you know, so I'm like, all right, I'm kind of curious. Uh, honestly, I don't really. Um, by episode three, there's some good action and stuff like that. There's. Uh, there's some just weird things about this show that uh, stop me from really liking it. I don't know. Um, it's I, it, the way they portray the um, the new female lead. It's she's um, entitled and she's like bratty. I guess is the best way to put it. She's like she just kind of forces herself as yeah. I'm really I'm I'm a super archer, so I'm just gonna be like you, and that's how it is. And he's just like he just kind of rolls with it. He's just like okay, this is it. I mean. Though you do get to see um, uh, Hawkeye in a LARPing scene, so uh, <laughs> if you like, if you want to see what that's all about, uh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, honestly it has its moments. It's 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 lighthearted. It's fun. Um, episode three had a lot of Christmas music playing because this is all literally taking place um, within like within two weeks before Christmas or something, or a week before Christmas. I was wondering uh, what what all the because this image I've pulled up has a dog in a Christmas hat and then it has lights, a couple lights in the background on the bridge. Uh, so it all takes place at Christmas. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's exactly it. Uh, so because, uh, Clint is now, you know, like he was originally there with his family, uh, or his kids, his wife was back at home, but his two sons and his daughter, uh, and they watched that, you know, the musical and, uh, they're all going to go back home, but this thing happened. So he sent them on the way, but he's like, don't worry. Like, like we'll, we'll do all the Christmas stuff we want. And then as the days, he, his days are expanding. He's like, yeah, we missed making gingerbread. He missed making gingerbread with them. He missed, um, he's going to miss the movie marathon Christmas that one of the other kids suggested. So he's missing all the family stuff that he wanted to do to begin with. Yeah. Um, uh, which is, you know, it's, but at the same time, they understand he's a hero and they understand that he needs to do what needs to be done. Uh, so they, you know, but it's, um, so it's interesting that way, you know, it's the being married to the job, you know, kind of situation. Yeah. And so, you know, his, the hope, you know, your hope for him is he, he still has like a couple days left before Christmas. So he'll make it in time for Christmas because that's, you know, that's what you want as a viewer. You want him to have a happy Christmas with his family. And, um, yeah, the dog doesn't really play much of a role other than being just it's there in the very beginning just to help out a little bit and then a slight story point i'm not sure if it's going to play anything else later on but yeah it's uh 
they the main villain they got going on they have her as um well the the leader the leader of the um tracksuit mafia is a um she is deaf and she's also missing um I don't know I don't think it's her full leg but it's from her shin down like her knee down mm-hmm. um give me one second yeah, so it's like okay. she can still use a prosthetic without having to have like that's kind of like the preferable way to have a prosthetic is below the knee you're missing legs so you can just put a boot on essentially. Yeah, well, she doesn't she doesn't hide it is is kind of how it, it look works and uh she uh I'm not sure what um what her ethnic, ethnicity is, but she's uh she's not Caucasian. Um so they have her as a minority and, um, you know, a phys- someone with physical challenges. Uh, but also they show her a little bit of her past and how she's able to overcome those obstacles. Um, she's able uh, she's able to, you know, learn how to read lips. She, she does martial arts herself. She realizes that, you know, she can uh, she can compete with other people. And essentially they, they lean into the concept of because she doesn't hear she, she focuses on what she can see. And so therefore she can see the minor movements in people. Um, and she can kind of read people better that way, mm. uh, which makes her a better fighter. And also if people notice her prosthetic, they instinctively down their guard a little bit, or they, they have, you know, some reservation. Uh, but then she just doesn't hold back. Uh, so they have someone like that to become uh, the head of the tracksuit mafia. But then they also imply that there is someone above her, uh, as well. So, uh, but th- for now that they, you know, that's really all I've seen by the ep- end of episode three. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's all right. I mean, if you, if you like, uh, you know, it has some funny moments. It's, it's probably the weakest of the Marvel TV shows, I think so far, uh, you yeah. know, not, not saying it's bad, but it's not, it's just, in my opinion, it's, um, I think they've all kind of been going steadily, uh, steadily downhill. That's kind of what I noticed is that, you know, Mandalorian was, was really good and WandaVision was really good, but not as good and so on and so forth. Every single one is just a little bit worse than the last one. I did think that, um, uh, Loki was better than, uh, the, uh, what, what, was one before it with the Falcon Winter Soldier? The Falcon Winter Soldier. I thought it was a little bit better, just because it's more along my interests. But as but objectively, looking at it just purely objectively, I think yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier was a little bit better as far as story and and, and production value. So it does yeah, seem it's like kind of going a toss up between yeah between Winter Soldier and Loki or Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki. It's you know they're both they they're both a little bit of a letdown as a, um, they weren't bad. Uh, neither is this, this isn't bad, but honestly, I don't look forward to her taking the mantle, uh, just the way they portray her. Cause it's, uh, I don't know, it's just this, this, you know, uh, I wish there was more of a, uh, an understudy or like, you know, a sidekick thing, but this is more like just randomly thrusted together. And, you know, it's like, uh, she really wants to be it and she's been training. So she gets to be it. Right. And I'm like, I hope not. Uh, but it probably won't. It'll, it's, she's probably going to be the next Hawkeye. I mean, there's, I'd be amazed if they didn't pull that off. Yeah. I mean, she's been kind of been being groomed. It seems like she's had a pretty dang good career so far with some of the, the movies that she's been in. But 
I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, for sure. So uh, moving over to the kind of the games we've played, because this is also a video game podcast. Um, uh, I have been playing Halo Infinite, the campaign. Now, the multiplayer has been out for several weeks now, I believe. People have been getting in on that, but I just avoided that. I uh, I know I'm just going to get trash canned in multiplayer, and I kind of wanted the experience to be fresh whenever I did go into the campaign. Um, I didn't want to have, like... I didn't want to already know what the weapons were like. I wanted to just kind of experience it all together. But uh, I started playing the campaign earlier, uh, I guess sometime last week. Um, it is, uh, it's pretty good. Um, it's actually really good. I've actually been enjoying it a lot. So basically the campaign starts out with um, a group called the Banished. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So I have not played a whole lot of Halo. I've played some of the campaign of one, two, and three, and I think I touched ODST for about five minutes one time. But besides that, I haven't played Reach or Halo Four or Halo Five. Um, so that's a little bit of my history. So I don't really know what the hell I'm talking about. Is what I'm trying to say. But basically, the campaign begins with um, some people called the Banished. And they have destroyed the um, the UNSC fleet, um, and uh, Master Chief is fighting their leader, and then he gets kicked out into space, and that's basically where the campaign begins. Is he's rescued by a by a lone by a lone uh, a lone Pelican pilot that is about to die in his ship. But um, he but he manages to rescue Master Chief, and then and then so your first mission is to like go back in to this mothership, um, and take out some bad guys, and it's all happening above Halo. So right after you take that ship out, um, you crash land. Well, I think you you fly down or whatever onto Halo, and that's where like the real game begins. Um, so like the first mission of the game is very cookie cutter. You know, they put you, they put you at the beginning, like they do the cutscenes and they put you at the beginning of the mission and you go through the rooms and you kill all the guys. And then, and that's, you know, kind of, you know, it, but, but after that, once you get onto Halo, it becomes very much more open world. Uh, and they explain to you, okay, so there's bases and you got to take out these bases and you have like, you have like uh, main story missions and you have, um, you know, sub story missions and you can do as much as you want or as little as you want. Um, and once it got to that point, I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. Um, because it started out as it started, I was like, okay, this is kind of just standard you know, shoot them like standard first person shooter stuff. Um, but once it got into the open world, it became very addictive. I found myself playing, you know, going like, okay, I'm gonna play this for an hour and end up playing like two and a half, you know, hours and just sort of having a hard time putting it down. Cause it was like kind of one thing after another. Um, but it's, uh, the shooting is good. Um, the story is pretty good so far. I've only probably played, I don't know, I probably played about eight or 10 hours of it. 
Um, the story's pretty good so far. It's nothing amazing. Um, I actually kind of find the main bad guy to be very, very standard. Um, he's just the bad. He's just the bad dude. The and he doesn't. He's he doesn't have anything really complex with him going on. He doesn't seem very smart or diabolical. He just seems like the tough bad guy. Um, but otherwise, like it feels like Halo. It definitely feels like the Halo that I remember playing. Uh, I played a lot of three, at least a lot of, a lot of three multiplayer, and it feels like a an advanced version of that. And I'm I'm very pleased, honestly. All right. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm really interested in playing it. Uh, this is. So I I was big in Halo for a long time. Uh, not so much the multiplayer because I'm terrible at multiplayer. Uh, I would play with my buddies, but that's really about it. One so I us, play one of us. One of <laughs> us. <laughs> I was. Uh, I always liked Halo because it was a multiplayer uh, campaign. Uh, so yeah. you know, even Halo One. That gave you uh, like it was always a you know funny because you know you wake up from stasis and then you look over and there's an empty pod. Well, if you play two players, you're both playing as um, you know John one one seven, like which is silly. Yeah. <laughs> you have a clone, so uh, Halo uh, one, two, and three are solid. Um, well, two campaign was uh, disappointingly short, uh, but then you know three, of course, finishing the fight. Uh, ODST was uh, the only one that you couldn't play multiplayer. And that is probably my favorite Halo game, hands down. You know, uh, I've heard a lot of people say that that ODST secretly is actually the best Halo game. It's it's a it, they they tell an awesome story. They really do. Um, so uh, that one, it's it has like half the cast of Firefly in it. Uh, oh yeah, it does. And, uh, it's it's just a really good story. It's really fun. Uh, it's a lot more tense. It's a little, little less. You have your action moments, but it's also uh, more subdued because you're walking around, you know, like by yourself uh, through the city, and it's more of a almost like a stealth kind of feel because uh, it's it's before uh, I forget it's in South or it's in Africa, and it's before uh, in Halo Three or something like that. You uh, you end up landing there, so it's like you're the party beforehand. As um, and it's it's a really good story. I just if anyone gets a chance to, I that's I honestly think that's uh, it's a really good job of making you feel. Uh, the tension, because uh, you're just a normal person. You're not a super soldier. Uh, you're not a Spartan, uh, essentially, because Spartans are uh, humans that went through uh, generic genetic uh, manipulation and enhancements. Um, and yeah, I actually was huge into the series. I read, I own like the first handful of books. Um, yeah, and I, I stopped playing when Reach came out because it was really hard for me to play something that like I already know how the story ends. It's called The Fall of Reach. There's a book. The book came out way before it. Yeah. And I didn't own um an Xbox uh uh series or not series um the Xbox um what was the, the current the, the current one's the series but the the last Xbox generation um uh, I own a 360 and then I went through seven 360s and I only had I had five fail on me um and so after that I stopped buying Xbox it was I was yeah. Um, kind of I just went, oh. poisoned the well at that point. Yeah. Plus, uh, at the time when the when the uh, the expo- the new next generation that had come out, I'm like, well, PlayStation allows me to do. Um, I was overseas, and so it was region free games, 
while I had to then either do all my games digitally or have them shipped over from the US or buy like Hong Kong or something like that where they they were not region locked. So it made it a lot more difficult. Um, So I was like, you know, I'm not even going to bother PlayStation, at least at the time. Let me just I can buy it, whatever. And most of the most time, if even if it was Korea or Japan, they would still have it still be all in English. So it didn't matter. Uh, So I missed I missed Halo 4 altogether. Um, And you know, so they had come out with the Master Chief Collection and stuff like that, but it's just uh, for me, playing was always the greatest thing for Halo with your buddies. You know, Halo 3 um, was awesome because you play four players, four players through the campaign. Um, so I'm really curious about this one because of the open level structure. Um, yeah. Uh, like, unfortunately, like I, you probably, we're going to get to this, but the co-op is not available upon or was not available upon launch. I don't think it's, I think it's still not available. I don't know how long it's going to be, but they are planning to get it in there. But yeah, like uh, it's Halo co-op is definitely one of the things that has made it legendary. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the reasons why I'm not too, I'm not chomping at the bit. I mean, what I would like to do is I'd like to fill in, at least play Halo four. And oh. was there five? I don't even remember if this is, yeah, because there was Halo five. Cause this is the third, this is six technically, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, it's been so I haven't played four or five, and uh, so when you mentioned about the new enemies and stuff like that, I'm like, I have no idea. Um, you know, the Arbiter was the last, you know, and you know, the Flood, and like I'm, I'm old school when it comes to Halo. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but I've heard nothing but good things about this one. Uh, as far as that, you know, that open world grind loop, it sounds like it's a, uh, uh, it does a lot better than. Uh, later on, we'll mention the game, uh, one of the games I've been playing. And yeah, it's it's cool that you're having such a good time with it, though. I really want them to come out with the campaign uh, multiplayer because I think that's it'll just make it that much more fun. Yeah, I don't know when they're going to do that. But um, but if they do, uh, just let me know and I'll, I'll play, play some of the campaign with you. I started playing Sweet. it on normal. Um, I kind of wish I'd started on on heroic, but... I wanted to get through a, a good chunk of it and I wanted to play it, you know, what they consider standard difficulty. Um, it's not too hard uh, so far. I think it's gotten a little bit more difficult, but uh, it, it's uh, it, it's pretty addictive. Like, you know, the, the bases are all pretty, I mean, they're of a kind, but they feel different. Each one kind of feels different. There's little ones, there's big ones, there's like walled compounds. And this is like stuff that's just out in the open world. So it's it's pretty good. I'll say that um, some of the weapons, I've been a little bit, I wouldn't say disappointed with, but slow to come around to. Um, I'm slowly figuring out which ones are better and which ones are worse. Uh, a lot of like the, the brute weapons are they they're they're capable but they're not like what you prefer so a lot of the time i'll end up using um some of the same weapons like the uh the covenant um basically the covenant rifle the carbine the carbine that's what i'm trying to think of the carbine is great i always go for that and then um uh the 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 human um equivalent of the carbine um uh 
the BMR or battle rifle. It's a B yeah, something R. The battle rifle. I think it's BMR. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one, that is like my my, my go to weapon. But a lot of times you'll run out of ammo for those, and you'll have to pick up um, something else. And whenever you have to do that, it's kind of like ah, this kind of sucks. And you just kind of survive and make do until you can get a better weapon. Um, so some of that, I feel like, I don't know, could have been balanced out because like those weapons, like the carbine and the, and the the, uh, the the battle rifle, are kind of like they always work pretty well or 90% of the time they're the one that you want to use. And only sometimes do you really need to pick up a different kind of weapon. I feel like they could have done a better job making you like making enemies weak to different guns and making it so that you get your ass kicked. And maybe this is that this is what happens in heroic and legendary, but getting your like you get your ass kicked and then you go why did that not work oh, let me try a different gun oh it's because this enemy is weak to this other gun um but yeah yeah i've i'm traditionally i've always played um uh the games on legendary just because there was always um you would unlock stuff as well yeah. but it was just it was you know uh icons for your multiplayer thing and uh yeah my wife and i we played through all of them uh, you know, or one, two, and three on legendary, and that that, that was always fun. Um, it was always super challenging, but not overbearing. It, it was always doable. I mean, so I think that uh, normal would probably be pretty easy because, uh, or for someone who who is experienced with first person shooters, yeah. um, yeah. The in this case, um, I can see going with a you know the an assault rifle type weapon would be uh most preferred. Um. Yeah, my 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 wife is always more of a range, so she always liked the sniper rifle. I would always do a shotgun sword combo in the original games, but that's because they were the less of an open map. It would just you know in campaign it was more you know you can get close quarters a lot easier. So unless it, you know certain levels, you of course switch to something else uh, for certain uh, situations. But uh, yeah, the uh, I'm curious, uh, have you played any of the the player then afterwards since you've you know you started playing the campaign but you haven't touched any of it after that no i've just been grinding on the on the campaign um okay uh so uh if you if you do want to try playing the multiplayer uh let me know i'll, yeah, dude, we should I'll totally download it for that. that yeah we we, 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 we should totally fucking play it uh, a couple more things um the the grapple shot this game uh, pretty much opens you up immediately with uh with a grapple shot which I don't think, uh, to my memory, were, were was in three. I think it's new. Yeah. I think it's the new. It's it's. I thought it was new to this. Um, so yeah. Well, it's, how is it? It's it's pretty cool. I would say that it's handy to use sometimes, but you don't really need it, especially not in combat. Um, sometimes you do need it whenever you're kind of tra traversing around, but for the most part, you don't really need it. Um, but it's the first of several. I think there's going to be at least or different um uh like they call them uh, they just call them I I equipment and they you they map them to your d-pad uh and you so like the grapple shots one there's a, a sh like a force field that you can throw down like a shield you can throw down um that's another one there's a like a detection beacon that you can throw down and sometimes there are invisible enemies and that is super 
important for whenever you have to fight an invisible enemy. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know, like I just kind of get the feeling as I'm going through some of these things, that's like, I feel like I need to be playing this on heroic to feel, to get to, to the point where I need to use these different, uh, pieces of equipment, but they're pretty cool so far. They're not annoying and they don't force you to use them in a ham fisted way. So like, I appreciate that. Um, will it not let you switch mid level, uh, or mid to uh, up the difficulty? I looked and I couldn't find it. I didn't, I didn't spend a whole lot of time looking or look up if there's a way to do it, but I couldn't, I couldn't find it. Um, so. Okay. I, I can't remember if that's how, if that's how the old ones were. Cause it's been so long. I just know some games will let you other games won't, uh, or they, they, at least they won't give you credit for, um, like trophies or something like that. Be like, no, you know, so you have to start from the beginning on the hard, you know, whatever highest difficulty. Um, so I know like back for blood, for example, they, um, you can't up the difficulty. You have to start from the very beginning at the highest difficulty. And then at any time you can dumb it down. Uh, but you can't just be like halfway through the campaign and be like, all right, let me, uh, let me crank up, crank it up higher. It won't let you do that. It'll make you start all the way. If you haven't done anything harder, you have to start all the way from the beginning. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I, I kind of figured that's probably what they're going for somehow, but I'll look it up and see if that is in fact true. And if it's not, then I think I'm just going to go through the rest of the campaign on normal. Cause I don't really feel like, I mean, the first level was pretty fun, but I don't really feel like doing it over again or the stuff I've already done. Um, yeah, the, the, the characters in it, um, there's a lot of like patting you on the back as you do <laughs> a lot of this stuff. I mean, a lot, like you'll go in free soldiers and stuff, uh, who are POWs, and once you free them and they help you fight a little bit, they're like, man, Master Chief, you're the one who's going to save us all. Or like, that was a great job, Master Chief. And it's like, okay, okay, you don't have to like, you don't have to like, I don't know, ham it up quite so much. But I guess it's a game for kids too, and that's what they want. Um, the So... There is a Cortana replacement because Cortana is uh, not around really in this game for story reasons, but the Cortana replacement is a, uh, she's like, she's a hologram that is, they just call her, they just call her weapon. I don't know why, I don't know what, what that that's about, but her name is just weapon. Um, and she is a kindergarten teacher like that is her demeanor she is just like she's she is like very i mean she's not sexualized but she's just very cute and peppy and she's always like i'm like i'm gonna work on that right now and then you'll plug her into a computer and she's like and there it's done and then she's like should we be getting on now and it's just i mean she does a lot more than that that is very much like, okay, I am in kindergarten and this is my teacher. She is there to, you know, cheer you on and help you out in whatever way she can. Uh, and I'm just like, uh, okay, it's, um, it's a little strange. It's, it's a little bit strange, a little bit strange to be honest. I don't know what they're going for with that, but those are a couple things that I, I noticed. Um, and just the last thing I'll say is that, man, it's so great to have game pass. Like, this game, I couldn't believe this game was out on Game Pass. I I looked it up a couple of days before it came out, 
And I was like, okay, I'm going to buy it. Cause I was budgeting to buy this game, you know, 60 bucks or whatever in December. That was part of my December games budget. And then I found out that it was just going to be on games like game pass. And I was like, you're putting the whole campaign out on game pass. Thank God. It is like, uh, I just, it's so good. Like it's, and it's like, it's a really good campaign. It's a really high quality game and it's just fucking out there for, I could have just signed up for game pass this month, you know, for 10 bucks and been playing this game. Um, so definitely singing Xbox's praises. I used to shit on them a lot, but it's kind of hard to these days. It's pretty good. Yeah. After the, uh, so essentially uh last generation xbox had to do a lot of backpedaling and they lost a lot of um support um and the the most of the generation they did really they were always behind uh but i think you know about halfway through they started doing the initiatives of things like game pass and they started making a lot of the right plays um which made them end very strong um still behind PlayStation, but they came into this generation just swinging. Uh, Game Pass is a really good value uh, for what it is. Um, And especially if you own, um, you know, it really does make it that much easier to be like, well, uh, I want to try to own a a Series S or Series X, you know, depending on what what your lifestyle is. But like now I can have even more games on, uh, you know, on my console and that way, if you want to play in front of your TV, opposed to you know in front of your computer screen, you know, monitor, um, it makes it so much easier. And they they offer quite a bit of selection. And the fact that they have like the base level of EA uh, access or EA Origin, or I forget what it's called, uh, EA subscription thing. I think it might be EA access. Um, and that's how I played with my buddy. We were playing. Um, uh, oh, was it not? It takes two, but same developers. Um, it was the. A way out. Oh shoot! A way, yeah, way out. That was it. Yeah, so we played that. Um, thanks to you know having access to those EA games. Uh, you know, it's they have so much value for what you know what you're paying for, uh, and it does justify. Uh, you know, you get the online. So you know, it used to be the subscription was one thing, but now you're getting just the whole thing bundled, and that's the right thing to do. Uh, you know, they've made a lot of the good moves. Uh, so having all their first party stuff come out. Uh, both PC and uh, X, the consoles. Uh, yeah, that's totally the right move. And I'm glad you're having a good time with it. Uh, you know, honestly, this game, uh, I think it's $15 a month is uh, for Game Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah. So you get it both on PC and console. Uh, so if you think about that, a $60 game, I mean, that's four months technically. You buy one $60 game, that's four months. And if, if you're doing it only for the campaign, um, but, you know, it's... It's a lot. It's a lot cheaper that way to experiment and be like, "Yeah, I'm having a good time with this game. I'm done with it." Uh, unless if it's a, one of those rare games that you just the campaign is infinitely replayable, or you just absolutely love it to no end. I mean, for the most part, you you got your fill, and you won't need to play it again for a while. But if you do want to, you still have Game Pass. You can still just always dabble in it. Uh, and if it's good enough for you to own a physical copy, you, they still let you buy it. Uh, they have that access to, it, and they usually give you a discount for buying the games. Uh, so. Yeah. that's yeah totally seeing those prices I, I i got your back on that one for it's, sure it's definitely getting harder and harder for uh you know to to justify kind of what sony's doing i mean they have they have exclusives but a lot of but a lot of them are timed so if you're willing to wait 
then you will play those eventually. Um, we're kind of in a position where we probably won't want to do that uh, in the future at some point. But um, as a regular person, it's like, I'll just, I'll just wait and then I'll be able to get it for super cheap. But that's kind of the world we live in. Um, so that's all I had to say about Halo Infinite. Uh, you had been playing a little bit more of Far Cry 6, right? Yeah. So uh, last time I mentioned, um, I had gotten Far Cry 6 from, uh, I've been playing it on the PS4. Uh, I got it from my local library. And it was actually, my uh, a couple of libraries are connected. So I just, you know, one of the other libraries got it. I put myself on a queue and eventually uh it, it, they they mailed it over to my my branch and they're like yeah you're it's in so I'm like sweet uh i was playing a bit of it uh i like the game enough it's it's pretty fun uh like i mentioned before i played uh up to far cry 4 uh, i skipped 5 and a new dawn or new dawn which is the spin-off from 5 um so the game overall it's it's pretty fun uh i just there's a there's just a couple things that really irritate me about it. And like, I was disappointed, I guess, Okay. because yeah. it's just some quality of life things. Um, let's see here. Uh, one of which is the fact that when you load the game, uh, every time you load the damn game, it makes you what they, uh, instead of going straight to the, the start screen, uh, you know, you always get the same splash screens, right? You know, like you know, Ubisoft and this, that that's fine. Um, but then it goes, it goes into an opening cinematic it plays so it it literally has this opening cinematic play out where it's just like uh you see like the the island and like kind of uh, imagery about what the revolution stuff is and so every time you do you have to then press and hold circle and then it loads it has a circle loads up and it goes and we're going to skip it now i'm like really like every single time and then every single time you get to the start screen you hear the same really bad robot voice but, but that says you know uh you know like press cross button to continue and it's 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 on the same vein as the uh the old windows you know uh type to talk function um you know it's like when you used to write you know like you can write like you know you know go jump up and down ha 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 and it'd be just like go jump up and down ha 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 you know like that really robotic mm -hmm. voice That's, it yeah pretty low it, production it's value very there. it's very much like that mm -hmm. um it's like that adjacent and uh, you were able to every, you're able to turn that off. So, uh, you know, it's there, it's there for um, anyone who's, you know, uh, has a slight uh, visual impairment because it'll read off all the menu items for you. Uh, and then during any given time in the men in, when you're in the menu in game, you could just hit like, um, I think it's like the left trigger button or something like that. And then it'll engage it automatically. But since I have it turned off, you don't need to say that every single time. It's in my save settings. It's in my settings menu. Uh, but it, both those things in the startup, just like it's just slight annoyances every single bit. Um, and you know the game. I think the biggest thing that game suffers is the the gameplay loop that I really liked. I'm kind of broken in the brain where I like the Ubisoft checkbox. You know, like you got all these things to do, and you, I like to do those checkbox things. And like you're who that's for. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's 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 a it's a sickness, and I admit to it. Uh, first step is admittance. Um, it's a disease. So <laughs> the no, it's just uh, that's Far Cry Three, Far Cry Blood Dragon uh, Four. They they did that really well. Um, you know, it's for me. It was okay. Uh, as as a lot of people hated the climbing the stupid towers, which yeah, I did hate them, but 
it would make it give me an objective. I'd be like, okay, I got to go to the towers. Once you climb the tower, you you uh, light up the area of the map, and then you have more uh, focal points. Plus, when you got to the top of the towers, it always gave you a weapon. It's so a, therefore, if you wanted, it's a good idea. Like it, it's, I mean, we all forget what that was like when we first started playing games. It would let you do that. It's like, oh, this is cool. They just probably kind of used it a little too much. Oh, they hands down did. I mean, Assassin's Creed, this that they did. They did it with so many games, and it became like it's a running joke. Uh, and that, I understand why. But like because then I already I'd, I'd pop up in the map. I'd get a slight understanding where it was, and I'd have a decent armament right off the bat. Uh, but now they give you almost too many other small things to do, and I think this game would probably where it really shines, which I never got a chance to check out, was if you play multiplayer, uh, because. Far Cry 3, no, 4, I'm sorry. Far Cry 4 had uh, multiplayer. I think 3 had something like a small bit or something like that, but Far Cry 4 had a decent multiplayer. The thing is, it had, I don't think it was campaign oriented. I think it was only like exploring the world. Uh, or you could do the campaign for one person, but the other person wouldn't get credit for it. It was something broken like that. It wasn't uh, fully enabled. Uh, but some buddies of mine, did. we did take turns playing, uh, and I played uh, I think I platinumed Far Cry 4. Um, you know, I, I genuinely like that game a lot. Uh, and the way the map is set up and stuff like that. Uh, Far Cry 6, uh, I played it quite a bit more, but I ended up, there's just so much to do with it. Uh, and that game save is like, or the, the actual hard drive space was massive. It's like 90 gigs or something like that. Um, so, in fact, uh, I ended up having to move off of my main hard drive onto uh, my secondary and my external uh, USB hard drive. And now I have like 600 megabytes left wow. and that's it. <laughs> wow. That's uh, getting close. Well, I have a bunch of games on that thing. It's, it's a two terabyte little external, but uh, I've, you know, it's one of those things I like, well, I had to return the game back to the library. I never got to finish it. I started, I made it, I made quite a lot of progress uh, and there's a part of me that would like to finish it. But so I just put my name back on the queue and eventually Far Cry 6 will come back to me. Um, and hopefully, maybe I'll get around to it. Um, but yeah, it's just, there was, uh, this. it just was missing some some so odd things here and there. And it just didn't quite feel right, I guess is the best, is the way to put it. So overall, fun game, but just a little disappointing for me. Uh, uh, and I, I didn't quite have that fun game hook that I, you know, like, that compelled me. It was just more, I don't know, slight busy work. Um, it, yeah. it's better, it, it was more, it was more fulfilling than playing a cell phone game. Um, and it was easy enough for me to put it, pick up and put down while, you know, I watch my child and be like, okay, I can put this down now. You know, I need to feed you now, you yeah. know, yeah, baby. I, so. I think Vinny Caravella's talked about this before, but like these kind of games, like EA games and Ubisoft games are, they're really made for the guy that buys one or two games a year and plays one or two games a year. You know, they're just your your time waster. You can play this for, you know, 80 or 100 hours, and then maybe you'll have gotten every little tiny thing. They're kind of just checkbox games, and that's fine. There's totally, like, there's totally some satisfaction that you can get out of that. So I, I think it's fine for uh, those kind of games to exist. They're just usually not for me. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, uh, what? well, when I had to return this one back to the library, uh, I went ahead and looked through their list of games, and I found out that they had uh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy there. So I went ahead and checked that out. Nice. Uh, yeah, uh, dude, the library is a good way to go. If you have consoles, uh, 
seriously check them out. Uh, you know, granted, not every library is, you know, everyone's going to be a little bit different. The one directly in my town is not the greatest, but they have some pretty decent things nonetheless. But then, like I said, I go to the next town over, um, and that one is the one that's connected to a bunch of libraries, and therefore I'm able to get that from there. Uh, so I recommend, you know, seriously, check out your library, see if, see if the, what they can do. Um, and with Guardians, uh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, for uh, I'm playing this on, of course, on the PS4. Uh, this is Square Enix and Eidos, uh, Montreal, I believe it is. Uh, they're the ones who are going through it, and it's pretty good. Uh, the, it's a, yeah, I, you know, it's an, a kind of a semi-action adventure, like RPG-ish. Um, has some leveling up mechanics, uh, but it's mostly just an action game with a lot of story. Uh, in fact. The actual combat itself is the weaker part of it. It's mostly just watching the interactions of the characters, and so this is this takes place in a um, a different like alternate universe. So it's not the Guardians you know from the movies. Um, so it's a different. They have like Peter Quill, uh, Star Lord. Uh, he has a different background. He, it's not um, his mom. You know, in the movies, you know, uh, his mom has cancer. This one, nope, completely different. His mom's, you know. So um, his dad's not a, you know, in this one, his dad is a, a king of a planet. Um, so he comes from royalty, essentially, is how that works. And, you know, they all, it's it's almost, it throws you right into it. Uh, and then you're slowly piecing together the back, the you know, the, the how they met or why they're together type of deal. But it's really hard to take place like the timeline of how long they've been together. Because Drax is talking as if like uh gamora just joined up with them but then you're listening to some of the gamora stuff and you're like wait it sounds like she's been with them for a little longer than drax is indicating so it's kind of weird it's like but he's now finally accepting the rest of the crew you know drax is like you know the rodents and you know uh and you know the assassin are you know uh maybe maybe my my thoughts on them were incorrect you know and stuff like that and it's just like so i'm like wait how long have you guys been together it's really hard to piece um uh, but you are finding things like, uh, you know, Quill joined the Ravagers uh, a- after he met Yondu on pr- in a prison colony, essentially. Uh, so mm. that's it's yeah, it's it's a it's a bit different as far as that those type of stories go, and uh, it's so focused on the narrative portion. Uh, I'm finding that to be the most interesting thing. Uh, being like coming from Square, I guess the best way to explain it, it makes it feel like it's. Um, like a life is strange or something like that, but like more, more video gamey, you know, you actually have combat in it. Um, but life is strange being just a, a straight, like story driven type of thing. And that's what I end up playing this for is I'm playing it more for the story than because so far the combat, uh, I'm like chapter six or something like in, into it. I'm not sure how many chapters there. And I feel like I'm maybe halfway through the game. I don't know. It's, it's just, I, I'm not really a hundred percent sure, but so far, the enemies I'm fighting are the most generic ass. Like, they are the boring, um, cookie cutter type monsters. They might as well just be slimes from uh, from like Dragon Quest or something. How far in uh, are you? What? How far in it are you? Well, chapter six, which I'm saying, I'm gonna say like I'm maybe I don't know, eight hours in, I guess. Or okay. Something. Wow. Okay. Um, and still yeah, kind of so- easy enemies. Yeah, so it's like the first couple the first couple spots I've been to, um, one of the enemies was just this round spiky ball. Um, you know, essentially it's just like 
it's like a roly poly with spikes essentially. And then the next place it was, it was a gelatinous cube with mm. a, with a nougaty core center that had spikes shot that shot out of it. And, um, then there was like a, uh, like a, uh, four legged creature, uh, that had the head of like one of the monsters from strange things. It liked the little shut mouth that spread open. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, it was kind of like, you know, um, later on you just have, uh, I've, I've recently run into just generic, uh, Nova core soldiers, uh, you know, so it's just like, yeah, they're, they're as far as that goes, or as far as combat, there's nothing special. I mean, it's kind of neat. You can do some power moves or like you can do some, you can control your, uh, I guess I was surprised. I didn't really know how the combat was supposed to work. I thought I'd be able to switch between the, all five characters, but no, you are strictly Peter Quill. You are just playing as him. Uh, okay. Now you can give commands to the other members, so they'll fight on their own, and then you can tell them to when they their abilities on cooldown. So when they have when it's active, you can then have them actively do whatever ability they have, and you can level them up. So then you can unlock three or four abilities with each character. Uh, yeah, I think it's four because what you do is you hold um, L, you hold the left bumper or left or L one, and then it pulls up a menu, and then you have a face button for each one of your side, each one of your four uh, partners, and then when you hit that, it'll appear with another four buttons. You know, if you have depending on which ones you have unlocked, and then you can use their skills. So uh, Groot has the ability to in a, in an area uh, pin down everyone, so then they stay they they're immobile, and you can you know dog pile on that person. Um, uh, rocket sh- does like a like a you know grenade or something like that or a rocket launcher or something. He does an AOE blast. Um, Drax has the ability to kind of stu- help uh, attack a single target to help give them a stun ability. So you can then start or stagger. I'm sorry, stu- um, you can help stagger them, and which then will open up a weakness. Um, so you can kind of swap between them, and uh, you know if there's only one enemy, then you can you chain your commands properly and you can really start doing some massive damage but honestly i haven't found it that difficult um yeah i'm just playing on normal difficulty i heard as the game goes on that you do need to use more of uh, like it becomes very specific the situations you're in that you need to use your uh your teammates in specific ways and i thought that was kind of cool that a game that that does that is is gonna gonna be more interesting yeah it's uh you also have certain enemies that uh uh, you can be you can defeat normally, but they have like a certain elemental weakness or something like that. So if you play it correctly, you'll be able to really like open them up to damage uh, if you're paying attention. But if you don't pay attention, you're just going to be fi- fighting them normally. It's going to take you much longer to handle that. Um, or you know, so um, honestly, it's just uh, it's what I like. Uh, they have a lot of accessibility for combat wise. Uh, you can you have your easy, normal, hard difficulty, but then you have a custom difficulty, which then starts breaking things down real in depth. I went ahead and t- took a look at it. You can you can uh, change the difficulty uh, or the the amount of damage you do, the amount of damage you take, uh, the amount of how fast cooldowns affect. So you can make the cooldowns quicker or longer. So if you want to make it more challenging for yourself, you can you can do that. Um, uh, when you're when you're trying to use your your partner's your teammates' abilities, time will slow down. So, but it'll still be moving forward. You can actually make it to a full stop, mm. um, or you can try to have it. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can set it so it's just uh, real time movement. So you're trying to use your ability while no no time slowing is at all. Um, 
And yeah, there's a few other things like you can tweak a bunch of stuff like that, which I thought was really nice. Um, so one of the things you can do uh, is you can actually there's there's quick time events in this game. Um, I fucking hate quick time events because mm. <laughs> it's favorite. one of those things that it's you know usually they'll happen in the actual exploring but so you're like walking around you jump to one ledge to another and also no no you didn't quite make the jump or the floor gave out and then uh it's like all right normally if it's a mash mash button to pull to succeed that's fine and that's the first handful of those then all of a sudden uh i made this one jump and then i hit it like the popped up and i went to hit it i start smashing and all of a sudden it's just like nope i fell to my death i'm like what what the hell all right i did it again fell to my death i'm like Oh, wait a minute. And then I, I looked really close. I let it go for a little bit. And what happens is there is a circle that's then closes. And then there is a highlighted circle. So you had to wait, like wait until it got closer to the center. Uh. And then there's a green section and you're supposed to hit it. It's the time to press. I'm like, motherfucker. There's no indication. No, nothing that tells you about this unless if maybe you read the, the separate tutorials. Yeah. But there is not like nothing in game tutorial wise that it lets you know this is happening. Problem is. Because I'm playing on a PS4 uh, with just a normal hard drive, you know the um, the the one terabyte it came with, it is taking the load times take a little bit. So yeah, when you die from something as cheesy as that, you're like, oh, all right, and you gotta wait, and then you're like, oh, you know, it, it's it's an annoyance. Uh, but there is a function in that custom settings if you want to just to auto succeed, just straight up like <laughs> uh, I can just win them all, uh, which honestly. Not so bad. I remember with um, Marvel Spider-Man, uh, they had one where I switched one of the buttons where instead of smashing all the time, because every time you did certain actions like stopping a uh, a, a car jacking, uh, you'd always have to smash X or something like that uh, to either slow bring the car to a stop or the car flips over and lands above you. So you're holding the car above your head and you had to. Um, uh, yeah, you're sitting there trying to hold it, and then you're just smashing X. Well, I'm like, I, as often as I'm just smashing X, I'm like, switch the option, and I went to hold. So I'm like, that way I'm not going to destroy my controller. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, yeah. I can see how you'd want to... It would be good to just skip through the quick time event stuff, because that stuff is irritating to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and that's the thing is with... Um, there's a couple things with the slight polish, I guess that's I have I'm slightly upset with though because the the game makes you like I walked by a couple doors uh, early on that I'm like oh I guess these are locked and then I'm like okay uh, because I, I can see the doors on the right I'm just passing them on my right side my, I turn my character to kind of walk into it nothing happened okay then I move to the next one and as this room curves I come up to the door head on it opens up for me okay. And then later on, I end up coming back to those rooms, uh, just that hallway. I'm like, let me see if I can open these doors now. Turns out you have to like turn the camera so it's facing like head on and your character has to be facing head on and then the door will open. And the same thing goes with items you pick up on the ground. So normally a game, you just walk over an item, uh, you just mash the pickup button uh, and then it'll pick it up. No problem. Nope. This game, you have to turn, look down at the item with the camera on the look. So you have to turn it. So you're looking at the ground and your character has to be standing in front of the item. You, like the item can't be just in their proximity, like just right behind them or you're standing right on top of it. You have to be slightly in front of it. So with the camera and your character, I'm like, really? Like, there's no way you could have just made this like you can just run past it. No, you have to actually manually turn it. So that was slightly like. It's an it's a nuisance. It's not you know. It's one of those conveniences. Like you should just be able to auto pick up or something. You know, just let me walk over it, press the button, 
Yeah, for the but things yeah. like that, you do want to break that, like, or you do want to have that Ludo narrative dissonance where you, you know, you couldn't really do this in real life, so it breaks the realism, but it's also, it's also actually keeping it more realistic in your mind because you're just skipping over, or it's keeping keeping it, it more fun in your mind. So I was just saying, there's a difference stuff. between that Ludo narrative, narrative dissonance, uh, because that's like. That's what usually pertains to murdering a bunch of people, oh, yeah. and then you put you being a peppy happy guy. Uh, and then in this case, it's more of a convenience thing because it takes you out of the game when you're having to do all these extra small things. You're like, I now here I am. Uh, I I'm taking you're you're stopping me from having a fluid experience, and now I got to do this mundane bullshit. Um, you know, it's that's that's kind of what. Uh, the failure yeah. of that is i mean it's it's nothing too bad but it's just it is just a slight uh annoyance um and you know like i said because the way the story plays out it's i'm enjoying it a lot actually uh but because it's really hard to figure out what's going on like as far as how well these people know each other because it's it feels in some ways it feels like they've known each other for a while but other times it's like wait some of the stuff you're talking about i know it's supposed to be to me as the viewer you're filling me in but the way you're explaining it to the other ca- crew members it makes it seem like you just met like you just joined each other um like shouldn't you know a little bit about this beforehand but the way you're explaining it so that that is a weird disconnect so it almost feels like there should be a prologue or something like that to this um yeah uh there's a lot of items you pick up and with those items there's a lot of descriptions i just skip all that but some of the other items though uh they're character specific at least when you go into your uh quarters you or their quarters you can click on it and then that'll engage in more conversation which will give you more story backstory behind them uh connections to those different items and that's actually kind of neat um like i said this game for me is mostly uh just a really decent story um the you know, like I said, the gameplay itself, I can take it or leave it. I don't really find it that challenging. Um, it's challenging enough. You can make it more challenging, but I just I just honestly don't feel like that combat experience is uh, entirely too great. Um, in fact, what I did was I the only thing I changed with the combat settings is I when you use your par- uh, partner's abilities, I went ahead and just stopped time. I'm like, I'm going to play it like I'm going to play it like I used to play Knights of the Old Republic um, on the Xbox uh, where when, you know, the old Bioware games where you used to, uh, you know, Mass Effect one did this uh, when you go to use your abilities uh, in your par- or your partner's abilities. Uh, time fully stops. You can rotate the camera, see what's going on. And I, I then you just you can set up all right you will attack that person you'll attack that person you know so i have i have a map down in my mind then i go back so maybe that's making combat a little more easy but at the same time i was finding it boring otherwise um so i'm like it just it felt like i was just mashing so i was like yeah i'm playing this for the story though and i'm enjoying it uh i'm going to probably end up beating this uh cool i'm 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 moving at a good clip is what, what i i feel like uh and it's a fun different story everything's just slightly different it's not it's different from the normal, the Marvel MCU, you know? So, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it does seem different, but it, it seems like people were pretty surprised that it was better than they thought it was going to be. Have you found that? Uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, as far as the story, uh, and the polish goes, uh, it's, I'm really pleased with it. Uh, so, Cool. Uh, I would say if you have a chance to, um, if you like a good story, um, and if you're interested in the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, then that's that's great. They they've mentioned Fim, uh, Fing Fan Foom, uh, which was uh, a side. It's is if you know the comics for um, uh, what was that uh, Shang Chi? Um, that's it's a connection between that. Oh. Uh, they've mentioned a few other connections to other things. Uh, so they they play around, you know, 
you can they've even left the door open to mul um, multiverses type of thing like alternate realities uh, so that's kind of neat so you can technically if you want to weave it into the um, any other MCU or MC thing so yeah um, that's all about that's the only thing I've been playing for the last only a couple days two three yeah two three days something like that so yeah totally it's pretty cool good man um, so that's all we have for games but now we'll get into the news a little bit. Um, so a uh, couple headlines and then maybe get into some of the more uh, in-depth stories. One, uh, one thing I wanted to bring out was uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z narrator, voice actor Joji Yanami passed away. Um, so it's a pretty big name in anime. So I just wanted to point that out. It's, uh, it's kind of sad, but I mean, we're getting to the point where um, those things are going to start happening. He was 90 years old, so he had a good long life. No joke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. RIP, man. Uh, that's it. It always sucks to when you lose someone that you, you kind of grew up listening to, you know, it's how uh, it's happening with actors left and right now, too. So it's like, oh, man, you know, literally yeah. a piece of your childhood's going all the way with them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just going to become kind of more and more as, as time goes on. But just wanted to point that out. Um, next, uh, Ubisoft developers are reportedly critical of the company's NFT plans. So uh, this is kind of an extension of another story that has been going on. Ubisoft is going to put NFTs in some of their upcoming games. Joe, do you know what NFTs are? Non-fungible transactions or tokens. tokens um, yeah. It's, yeah, you buy a piece of digital one of a kind items, which it's. Uh, I love Keanu Reeves' reaction when uh, reaction. There's a clip out there where uh, he's getting interviewed, and someone at, starts talking about uh, limited digital quantities for NFTs, and he just starts laughing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know enough to hate NFTs. I don't know enough about it, but everybody else seems to fucking hate NFTs. Like it is. Uh, they're fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're dumb, and it's and it's kind of a what a, spe a speculative market and stuff like that. Um, I don't need them in my games. I don't feel like I, 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 as long as it doesn't get in my way, I don't guess I would mind them being there. Um, but it's interesting that the developers themselves that Ubisoft uses are saying like, nah, can we, can we not, can we just not do this? Um, so we'll give just, me back microtransactions before you give me NFTs. <laughs> uh, oh, that's uh, on it. That's that's where I stand. Okay, uh, that's how that, uh, NFTs are worse that? than microtransactions. But like, can you explain like why it's worse? All right. In this case, um, in this case, uh, Ubisoft, to the best of my knowledge, is supposed to. They're trying to sell special one of kind items that are per game, not across. Like you can't buy. Uh, so you're going to buy a helmet or um, Rainbow Six or something like that. And on the helmet, it's going to have a number on it, and therefore, that's the special item. So, uh, NFTs, in, in the broader sense, are uh, usually JPEGs or clips, um, GIFs of a single action, and therefore, you're technically supposed to own that simple action. Like It's, it's, like, a, it's like a digital postage stamp or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it shows proof that you're the, sole, you're, you're the rightful owner of this thing. Um, and I don't understand. My brain doesn't work in the way that that processes the fact that this is a good idea. So it's I can't really wrap my head around the fact that it's a good idea at all. Um, 
But for example, I think Tony Hawk sold like his, him doing a, his last 900 or some crap like that. Or he was he was rumored to or something. I forget. I don't know if that actually happened. Uh, but it's like big history, big sports moments. You know, uh, NBA got behind this originally real hard in the begin in the early off NFTs. So like uh, key moments uh, in history, they're like, yeah, we're going to sell this. And this is we're going to give you a digital proof saying that you are the sole owner of this key moment in history. Like, really? Um, there's no can I just clip it from the new from the, the the original video feed and therefore i have it on my desktop forever i mean it, i don't understand how you're supposed to actually claim it as being personal and in this case in the game so they're going to be like yeah this is at least in the uh, the broader spectrum i'm supposed to re- like this is michael jordan's last dunk okay cool i own that now in this case they're going to they're going to make this helmet well, therefore, that one helmet should be unique and only to me. But they're like, no, no, this helmet is unique to you because it says you have number 042. Now, this other person is going to buy a helmet special number 043. That's what makes that one special. And I'm like, that's that's fucking dumb. Uh, it's it's literally it's what it is. It's, it's a numbered micro transaction. So now you, you got that quant- you know, like if there's. I don't you technically you know, you have that limited item, but they're not saying that they're not necessarily saying that there's only going to be a hundred of these helmets period. And you have number 42 out of 100. No, no. They're just saying this is number 42. Uh, it goes on until as much as they want. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, it's... I'm glad that I'm glad they're stepping up against it though, because uh, honestly it's, it's a, it's an idea they have, they shouldn't have, and they should just scrap it right away because there's no need for it. I think you're right. I think it's, it's silly. I should, I don't know. I should probably do a little more research on it to, to understand, but it does seem, it does seem painfully stupid. Um, going on, uh, another thing, I guess it's kind of a headline, maybe a little bit more. Uh, Dr. Disrespect has announced his new triple a game studio, midnight society. I pulled this up because, um, I don't really like Dr. Disrespect, I don't go and watch his Twitch streams, but what I've seen from him, he seems really annoying. Um, Some of the things I've heard about him sound like he's probably not somebody that I would like to be a part of anything that they, that anything that he does himself uh, as far as like a, a pundit is concerned. But I do have respect for people who go from like just being a talking head to actually doing, actually putting um, something creative out there. Like, like for him to make a game studio with, with whoever he's making it, you know, about, he is opening himself up to legitimate criticism and not just like, Oh, you're a mean streamer or I don't like the way you do things. He is going to be asking for money for a game, presumably, and uh, opening himself up for like, Hey man, you, you made something and you're putting your money where your mouth is. Um, And I like whatever you may think of him, at least he's doing that. And I don't feel like enough people who are in that position go to those lengths. 
So is he making an Are You Afraid of the Dark game or what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's That's making. That's what the society is in my brain. Um, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, I, the I, society presents, you know. It uh, says he's... Uh, um, it says he's teaming up with people from 343 um, or something like that. I don't know. But like, I honestly I, don't care. Like, uh, I'm I, sorry. I, I don't really care. I don't care about him. He's... Um, I just, I honestly didn't, I only knew him by his face, and then I remember when he got banned from Twitch for, for video uh, recording at E3 in the bathroom, uh, which is a federal crime, and then um, there <laughs> yeah. apparently was a minor in the bathroom too, you know, he didn't, um, and then they were like, we're banning you, and then they're like, not even like a couple weeks later, like maybe a week, he's like, and you're back, you know, so yeah. I was like, wow, Twitch, that's way to stand strong on there. It's almost like they do it in order to get more viewers. Yeah, right. It's almost uh, like for, that. So, yeah, I, I just I, I know almost nothing about him. I just know he his he plays the, his his character is he plays a heel, uh, you know, and, you know, it's like he plays the jerk character and therefore the kids like it because, you know, everyone likes to watch an asshole. Um, yeah, you know, it's, and that's kind of it. And then, you know, like, well, he, that's how he's, he's made his empire that way. Uh, honestly, I've never seen any of his stuff, so I can't actually say it to the quality of any of that. Um, so that's why I'm like, well, well, who knows if he, he plays a lot of first person games or like a lot of shooters. So maybe he'll make something really good. Um, yeah, we'll you see. know, and if you, if you like him, then he's going to make games for you. And if you don't like him, then you're going to be able to fucking break his games over the coals unless they're just amazingly good. And then I guess we're all going to be shit out of luck. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see what happens. So, all uh, right. Um, what else you got next? Um, Indie studio called Be uh, beast breaker studio is the first to form a video game uh, union. Um, so they are the first uh, video game studio to form a union. Um, unionizing has been on the forefront of a lot of uh, people's minds ever since, uh, for a while now, but especially ever since all of the mess with Activision Blizzard has been going on. They've been crying union. Um, I'm not really quite sure how a union would help that situation. Um but I don't. I guess I don't know enough about it. But I thought it was interesting to point out at least more, more kind of just reading a headline that uh, that a video game studio has formed a union. Uh, are they U.S. based or? Yeah, I think they are U.S. based. Uh, at least in North America. I don't. I don't read the articles, dude. That takes too much time. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I know they've. I know there's been a couple of groups that have been trying to get like there's the uh, voice actors like union and then there's uh there's a couple there's two different teams that have been trying to really promote union making unions for gaming industry in the u.s but um i i thought there was like it's the fact that they're kind of assembling but they haven't been able to fully take hold is what my guess was so yeah, yeah all right that's um uh, at least there's precedence now and hopefully that'll catch on um because yeah some of the industry stuff has been really bad um so we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all about representation. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, are against unions as well, but honestly, um, unions are there as a whole to help. Um, so I know a lot of people that, thanks to uh, other industries, unions have really supported them. Um, when when you need them, it's great that they have you have you know they have your back in theory. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's some double edged swords, sword stuff to unions. Um, 
I think it's definitely good to have the option. Uh, I mean, that's just that's just good. Free market economy is going to have that option. Um, I think that probably with the onset of unions, because it seems like it's going to it's going to happen more for sure. Um, video games are going to become more expensive, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Video games are insanely cheap, not as cheap as they were a year or two ago, uh, especially since um, they're going to start being $70 pretty regularly now. But, you know, like uh, if, if you look at like how much games cost from a historical standpoint, they are very, very, very cheap now, especially with all the sales going on. But even brand new games are very cheap. Um, this will raise the price on them for sure. Uh, but it'll probably be worth it. Let's hope maybe we'll still, maybe we'll get better quality. Who knows? Um, we'll just see where it goes. Yep. Um, there's kind of a lot this week. I didn't think there was that much, but there's quite a bit. Um, CD project red has settled its cyberpunk launch lawsuit paying suing investors just $1.85 million dollars um the company was accused of violating federal law by misleading shareholders about the game uh the quality of the game um so yeah it seems like they got off pretty good which is not really good for the games industry in my opinion yeah um they they made bank even with all the problems and the refunds and stuff like that they still made a lot of money so yeah they i feel it's almost a slap on the wrist for them um I mean, I I know that currently Epic, for example, they're doing um they're selling it for like half off right now, so it's thirty bucks instead of sixty. And with the uh, Epic's doing their winter sales events, uh, so they you can get a ten dollar coupon. Uh, I'm like, you know, I I contemplated like twenty bucks Cyberpunk, mm, like nah, <laughs> no, I still wouldn't pull the trigger then. Yeah, I I was so looking forward to Cyberpunk, um, and when it you know came out. I wasn't able to get it at at the time. And then whenever all the mess started happening, it was like, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, this article says that CD Projekt Red made over $563 million in game sales. How much it costs to make the game? It was probably pretty expensive, but if they if their projections were correct, then they probably were intending to make money. Um, but they spent just 2.2 million on its help me refund campaign. So 2.2 plus another about two. So a a little less than 4 million, maybe a little more than $4 million that they kind of, uh, paid in, in, uh, speeding tickets as it were. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you can, people can get mad and they can say a lot of stuff about boycotting and stuff, but at the end of the day, CD Projekt Red made a ton of money off of this game. I think the punishment, though, is going to come on the next game. Um, that seems to be... I think that what these sales are is you did a good job with Witcher 3, and so people are going to give you the benefit of the doubt, even if there's a lot of bad reviews or whatever. A lot, Not a lot of people read reviews. Um, or, or rather a lot of people don't read reviews. So, uh, the next game, you know, I guess that's where the, the proof is in the pudding is on the next game. If they take a hit on whatever that game is, which it may be great, you know, uh, that next game might take a hit and, uh, that's kind of sad, but that's sort of the way that it goes. 
I will see what happens. Yep. Um, so the last story I think I have here is uh, a blank page. Oh, there it goes. And then I hit reload. Um, the last story I have here is a something kind of close to our hearts as uh, content creators who are technically on YouTube. Um, there's a guy goes by the name totally not Mark and he was hit with 150 copyright claims for reviews featuring anime footage. Uh, he specifically was hit by Toei animation. Toei animation, um, makes, uh, specific to him, dragon ball and, uh, one piece content, which is, almost all of his, the content on his channel. Um, this guy, I was following the story pretty closely. Uh, he posted some videos and a lot of people in the YouTube community blew up, uh, blew up his videos, uh, or, uh, held them up. Um, kind of saying like, Hey, this guy is like getting like freaking, he's getting screwed hard. Uh, if you watched his videos when they were lot or when they were up, cause he's taken them down since then, probably because of, uh, probably for legal reasons, but he pointed out that, that, uh, Toei in the span of a few hours took down 150 videos. A lot of them, um, in the same, you know, span of a few minutes, sometimes even, uh, in the same minute, they were taking these videos down, um, which maybe they had looked at them prior and they had just decided to move on all of these all at once. Um, I, I guess that's how it could work. I don't know. But uh, he seems kind of like he's been targeted. And as far as like our laws in the United States and he's in, he's in Britain and their laws in, in, uh, the UK are concerned. He has the right, um, to, uh, use, use other people's content in a transformative way. He is doing reviews. Um, I haven't had a chance to look through all of his videos or even a lot of the ones that, that have been taken down. But, uh, the consensus that I've seen is that they are in compliance with those ideas, Unfortunately, Japan does not have those laws. Uh, therein lies the problem. And uh, they don't give a shit if you are doing a review and you're using the footage for that purpose. They, uh, they um, take that stuff down anyway. Um, and it, so kind of going forward, he put out um, another couple videos one video basically begging them uh, through a translator, which is a pretty interesting thing. Um, haven't seen that before, but he he wrote a a, a uh, like a it's not an apology, but he wrote a kind of a, a letter to the people of Toei and to Oda. I forget his last name, uh, but uh, or his full name. But the guy that makes One Piece, he wrote a letter um, and had it translated um, and spoken out on a YouTube video, basically asking them, hey, don't take my YouTube videos down. Please reinstate them, blah, blah, blah. Um, but all of that got taken down and all that was left um, 
all that he ended up leaving up was a thanks for the support video that's just a black screen of him talking over it where he's like saying that he's not going to pursue the matter any further. Um, so that tells me that somebody, somebody, I think somebody legally, some legal person got a hold of him and was like, Hey dude, fucking you better quit. Cause you're not going to win this battle. And they, they might actually take you to some kind of court or somebody might do something about it. Yeah. He's going to be, uh, if he tries to fight it, he'll be made an example of, and, uh, just like people who go with the Nintendo, uh, piracy stuff. Um, and yeah, it's unfortunately Japan has a very, uh, arcane way of, uh, owning their licensing property. Um, yeah. yeah, they, they very much hate the idea of, um, things leaving their their own system, uh, ecosystem. Uh, they that's why you don't see a lot of uh, Japanese musicians on um, you know iTunes or anything like that. It's only uh, they don't like their stuff going digitally very much at all. Uh, and if it is digital, they generally like to keep it within whatever Japanese network it is. Uh, they like to they like to have full ownership over all media. Um, him writing the author. Uh, is like a nice attempt, but honestly, it's probably not even up to the author. It's pro- it's what it's you know in that case it'd be Toei for the animation uh, and possibly Shonen Jump or whatever because they they like they probably own all the real rights to it. Um, and despite you know the creator, uh, you know they can have a certain say in it, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I can totally it's you know it's not really fair, but at the same time, it's uh, it's kind of how their system works i mean when you watch a variety show over there you'll see a bunch of b tier like a lot of variety shows have like a panel of b tier actors um and then they'll be talking about like yeah the, the, i worked with so-and-so on this one film uh and on that film instead of having um their photo pop up they'll have like a, a drawing like a, a character drawing or something of like that of that character because yeah. almost all of likenesses photos this and the, like uh, real photos are owned property of whatever company whatever studio um because your soul your likeness all that stuff uh, belongs to them uh actors and actresses a lot of times they can't even uh, officially come out with uh i'm dating or um i'm seeing like i'm married um a lot of those like the uh, pop idols and stuff oh, like yeah. that both uh that's horrible like, for that shit yeah you can't you can't even be like yeah we're dating each other or like i'm married um like you know like if you t- if you come out and say that and you're in a, like a guy group and you're like, yeah, um, you know, I'm married or I'm seeing someone, they they boot you because they're like, yeah, we need you to be available because you, you need to be their heartthrob. The, the thing that the the fans chase after it ruins and, the sex appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it ruins your sellability uh, in, in a lot of their eyes. Um, so for the age demographic, you know, like th- yeah. that's. Anyway, so Japan's just really yeah. horrible about that type of stuff. Uh, it sucks. It really does. Um, like, go ahead. Oh no, I just yeah, I feel for the guy. I mean, I just I can't believe it. Like he, all his hard work, you, you know, like all that time and dedication put towards it, towards his passion, um, and just to get slapped in the face by the very company that he's put all his, you know, like the part. You know, it's like it's you don't do the reviews because you, you know, he's not a hate mongering. He's, he's, it's his appreciation for the product, you know, you know, and you know, it turns, it turns around and just, you know, yeah. To do this to him. So like two things, the first thing is that it's weird. Like Japan doesn't really understand that this guy has probably sold 
a good chunk of units for them. I mean, his if you're watching anime or whatever, and uh, you're watching some other review for, for some other show, then his stuff is going to show up in your YouTube feed. And you're going to, well, I was kind of interested in that. Let me watch a review of it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go buy this. I mean, not that One Piece and Dragon Ball really need people to sell stuff for them, but his channel, it, it's an ad channel. I mean, that's not what he intends it to be, but that's what it is for them. That's how it benefits them. And it's just so funny to me that they don't fucking get that at all. Like, he's selling your product. Like, he loves his stuff. And it's, it's just like, eventually if they keep going down this path, I mean, I guess if they keep making great stuff, then, then, then it won't, it won't matter. But like, I just feel like so many YouTubers do a really good job of selling these products with, it's not their intention, but that's the result. Um, and it's sad that they don't realize that by just kind of fucking ignoring it and, you know, giving some people some rope that they can, that they can benefit from this symbiotic relationship. Um, yeah, but it, it comes for them. It comes down to ownership. Uh, you're making, you're making profit off of their ownership and that's the, that's the only way they see it. And so, and it's been that way forever. It's, you're not going to, it's not going to change. Uh, so therefore it's just like, it's, well, you gamble when you're doing this. It's like uh, when you use, uh, you know, video footage from a movie to when during your review. If it's not a part of a trailer, you run that risk. Um, you know, there's well, if you're like, playing music, you know, the, the whole music scene. Right. Um, it's just you can't even, you know, and that's the whole with the gaming industry as well. For anyone who's doing Let's Plays or anything like you have to be careful with the music that's in the game showing up because that will get strikes and things like that, which. Oh yeah, Guardians as well has the um, has a lot of good music, uh, oh, but yeah. they'll they they have they have that switch so they they can stop that so you can stream it and not have uh, not have the strikes against you for that. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, one of the videos for one of the previous podcasts we did when we were talking about Squid Game, I used a a trailer um, when we were actually talking about it and had to just cover over it because it was getting flagged for copyright and I was like, it's a fucking trailer, like it's a literal ad, <laughs> like what it's. But, and that's how it flagged it. It was like, oh, this is a trailer or this is like a, like Indian Netflix release trailer. And I was like, fucking so. Um, yeah, you're right. I think it will change slowly as the old generation gets phased out. Um, will it change enough? I don't know. I think I might be in your, in, in, in your camp on, on, uh, on that point. But to your other point, like you got to be careful and stuff like that. Like if this is a lesson on anything, it's don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, especially if that basket happens to be Japanese animation, because they can at any time for any reason, come and open up your guts on the internet live in front of everybody and just eviscerate everything you've worked so hard to make like this guy has, it's not one dude. Like he talks about it. He's got employees. He's got people that work for him to make, to turn out this content. Um, and it's like, I hate to victim blame, but like, dude, like you're not the first, you're not going to be the last. You've, you should, you, you've got to make other content. Even if you take a hit on, 
on on views and stuff, you've got to make other content because you've got to survive. You know, it can't just be all about Dragon Ball and and One Piece because then Toei Dude, One owns Piece your is going to continue forever. It is one of the longest running pieces of crap ever. Um, I personally just don't like One Piece, but at the same time, it is still going. Um, so it's you know. And it's if it's something he's passionate about, something he loves, you know, I can see why he did it. Um, and it's he didn't, you know, I'm not going to say uh, you need necessarily need to diversify. Uh, if it's something, if you know what you do, it's you know, it's those guys who play Call of Duty and only stream Call of Duty, you know, or one, you know, one game at a time. Like, you know, I can see why you do it if that's what you're passionate about. Um, just it's not, you know, and he found a modicum of success. I mean, good on him for it. I mean, he has the, he has like um, the YouTube plaque in, in that screenshot there. So, uh, yeah. But yeah. All right. We're, I'm going to, I'm going to forcefully change this uh, to move on to the next bit because I got to be going soon. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'm going to go and get you out of here. So uh, that's going to be it for the news. And, you know, uh, this was just going to be my, um, what do you call it? Uh, signal boost. So I'm just going to drop a link to, to his video on thanks for the support in my signal boost. And, uh, that is going to be it for us today. All right. Yeah. Real quick. Um, you know, shout out, uh, to, uh, I don't like promoting a, uh, a major company, but Epic is currently doing their holiday. I remember they did this last year. They might've done this before too, but during this time of year, every day they give out a free game. Uh, so yesterday they gave out Shenmue 3. Uh, today they're giving out um, Neon Abyss. So by the time this goes live, uh, if it depends on how early on Saturday, you'll be able to still pick it up because sometime in the morning, I think um, uh, 10 o'clock uh, U- U.S. Central Time, uh, they, they switch over to the new game. So by 10 a.m. Uh, Saturday uh, Central, they'll switch to the new next new game. And they, they did this for like uh, the run up to Christmas uh, last year that I remember. So I recommend uh, just checking it out um, and picking up a free game if you want. Um, and if you don't like them to have your email and stuff, make a dummy account. Log in with the dummy account, you know, have fake email, and then you can have the free games and all that stuff on the fake email. You can still enjoy that. But then, you know, if you don't want any other spam coming to your actual mail um, is what I would recommend. Uh, and uh, for uh, real quick uh, before I leave, uh, so Nintendo sent me a thing saying how much I played the Switch. And apparently I played the Switch for a whopping 34 hours last year. Um, uh, barely anything at all. 27 hours was all playing one single game. And that was that was a lot of idle time because I just left it sitting there. But it was uh, Kotodama, uh, The Seven Mysteries of uh, Fujisawa. <laughs> it is a stupid little game uh, that it's a match three game that is um, uh, part part school mystery part uh erotic match three (laughs) it was like i went in i went into it like not really knowing much but it was i forget i bought it i bought it on sale before my um before one of my kids was born for like dirt cheap and then i was like yeah dude it's uh obviously you you look at this main character on this on this uh on the screen she has these dead fish eyes i'm like oh yeah you're, you're you're a total like there's something this is a high school murder mystery something like that and yeah, like there's there's a murder mystery going on, but then also also you're stripping clothes when you're matching three, and I'm like, wow, totally know what I expected, and I played the game from start to finish. There's multiple endings. I like, and it leaves you with um a really bad version of um American Psycho. Like, wait, is that the ending? That can't be the ending. Uh, it's like. <laughs> 
<laughs> How did this just end? Give me answers, internet. The internet doesn't have any answers. <laughs> no. It so only has next questions. week, I said, take a look at the email. I want to know what you played the most of out of your Switch this last year. I don't think I've uh, got so, it yet, but uh, I hope I get it. Yeah, because I got that one uh, at last Tuesday. I forgot to mention it to you, but I just something that dawned on me. I'm like, yeah, out of all the games to, for me to play mostly within the last year, that was pretty much it. Uh, and then a you know a few hours of Link's Awakening, and then a few on the uh, SNES and uh, NES classics, you know, compilations. So that's really about it. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> Switch good for playing when a kid is uh, sleeping on your lap, and you can't you can't and you have to have you can't hold a controller because they're over you, so you have to have two separate arms away from you. Uh, <laughs> Everything is filtered through that lens. <laughs> All right. Well, it was uh, thanks for uh, you know hosting today, and it was uh, good catching up. Thank you guys for uh, you know, for staying with us to the end. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, yeah, take us out, man. All right, man. It's good talking to you. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh, until then, see you later. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.